Hey, what's up, Podcast America? Welcome to episode 41 of the Enlightened Neanderthals podcast. And before we get into the show notes, I'm going to start with my very own Training Northwest because I always forget it and Mike Kozak has to remind me. You can find us at trainingnorthwestllc.com. Our full range training calendar is up on the website right now to include the Ladies Only Day and the Rifleman Camp, which have always been... uh, hot sellers. So if that's something that's on your radar, register for it now because they will fill up. Um, Also, we've got our friend uh, Brent Weir in studio on the mats with us, and you can find him at project223.com. And Brent, what do you call your podcast? Is it just Project 223 Podcast? The Project 223 Podcast. There we go. Yep. And with, then, the bald eagle. with the bald eagle. With the bald, say, eagle. Say, the bald eagle. From the eagle's nest. Uh-huh. That, was my daughter's, that was my daughter's nickname. I was like, oh, that, that's good. <laughs> and then continuing the Marvel Universe of Electric North Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, we have our best friend, Will Notel, who is the patriotic Islander. Yep. We have our best friend, Danny Leyland, who is the white belt mafia. We have yep. our best friend, Tyler Stanaway, who is the compassionate Viking. And Greg Anderson, who's, who's got that? a little podcast. That's the, that's the sensei of it all. Who's professor? <laughs> professor. Professor Greg Anderson uh, yeah. and the Endless Endeavor. <laughs> and you guys know a lot of people. Cool cool. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Are we forgetting one? I feel like there's one. Oh, Christy Campbell and Coffee, Coffee Talk. Talk. Podcast guys, podcast. To them. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that'll fill your week up that right there. Week that's up. a lot of right listening. That's but a lot of good what? stuff, though. You will enjoy it. Yeah. So today we had uh, Brenton Studio talking disaster preparedness plans, specifically, uh, or what we call it, our hunker down plan or our defend in place. And we went everywhere with this one. Yes, we, we tried did. tried sticking Hang to on. a. Pot. Have you listened to our show before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Well, you guys know what you're going to get. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Mike, you got anything you want to add? Uh, ADD and disaster prep meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I mean, this was great. Yeah. It was just you can go so far down the rabbit hole, and you should go down it, but we kind of hit on a little bit of everything, and that's what you need. You need to start with medical. You need to start with food. You need to start with organization, with comps. So let this be a little bit of ear candy to get you motivated to go deeper. 100%, and this will not be the last time we have Brent on here, so enjoy the show, you guys. All right, we're on the mats, and today we've got our friend Brent Weir back in the uh, Back in, do we call this in studio now again? It's in studio for the second time with our guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And the reason I personally wanted to get Brent in here today is a little bit of selfish reasons because I've just bought my uh, new place up north. I'm going to be moving in in exactly one month. And with this being an election year and all the crazy rhetoric already ramping up, I'm going to be in a hurry to sort of get myself moved in and reestablish. I left all my sort of uh, like dry goods and whatnot at, at Jen's house so that uh, it's there with the kids. And I'm going to have to sort of reestablish my own little uh, uh, hideaway up there in case civil unrest breaks out again, which I don't think it will up in uh, Stanwood, Washington, but you never know. It helps to be, even if it's, you know, 30 miles south in Everett, it, it helps to be able to just kind of hunker down and wait everything out. So what I was hoping to talk about for at least part of today is a little bit of a hunker down plan and not the stuff that everybody thinks about, like, Everybody immediately goes to guns and ammo. But I want to talk about uh, beyond first aid, medical supplies, things like antiseptic and antibiotics, a little more like uh, extended care type things, 
Uh, we can do some water treatment, some rations. And I don't know if I'm, I'm guessing you guys also have some questions you oh, want to yeah. ask them. It doesn't necessarily need to be the in-home, you know, sort of hunker down plan. It can be, we, we've got the expert in here. We might as well ask him all the questions we can think of. <laughs> Our guru. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's start it. Should we just start off with medical? Does that, that work for everybody? I mean, yeah. yeah. Jordan, yes. is TikTok ready to go? It, TikTok we? is almost, we're <laughs> okay. almost up. This, this fucking guy, as soon as we hit record, he's like, let me get out my phone. Update status. Yeah. yeah. You guys have memories like steel traps, and I don't. You know, I'm trying to trying to remember what it was that. Uh, That's because your memory's a little hazy on is, Trumpcast. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is ten years younger than us, so I guess this is the generation where he's got. This is work. where it starts. Yeah. <laughs> After me, it's all downhill. Sorry, boys. Oh man. Okay. So right off the bat, and not immediate. You know, first responder, first aid. Do you have like baseline? supplies that you recommend that people keep in their house Medi- okay. medical stuff yeah oh yeah yeah there's there's lots of different stuff out there um there's tons of people like some people watch bear independent and he has his um, refuge medical he does all kinds of kits and stuff so you can go as from everything from going to wall uh you know walmart Rite aid and getting a little family medical kit all the way to i have this kit it's called the uh, clinic in a roll yeah. it's like a 600 hundred dollar rollout from amp3 medical and it's got modules for each type of uh, medical problem so it's got like a dental module and a splinting module and a, so there you can go you know the whole sky's the limit on that kind of stuff so if, what i like to do for medical is specifically is there's three types of kits that i recommend to people and one is your ifac your individual first aid kit and you want to have that on whenever you're doing any kind of shooting or you know dangerous activities like that to have your individual first aid kit down there they Developed that in the military, came through with the whole TCCC training. You're aware of that. Yep. For people that aren't tactical casualty combat care. And they figured out that a <laughs> which Which Brent teaches at Rifleman Camp. Yeah. TrainingNorthwestLLC.com. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. But they, they realized that a lot of the... Um, a lot of soldiers in, in, you know, military were... They were dying from preventable problems before they could get care. And they realized that, hey, if, if we could stop... Um, Massive hemorrhage, bleeding. Um, if we could make sure people have a good airway, if we could patch holes in their chest, if they've got penetra- penetrating trauma to their you know, chest cavity in their lungs, if we can patch those holes and, and let them breathe, that we can prevent a huge amount of deaths. So they started training every soldier and every military person in this TCCC. So you knew the basic stuff. And when you think about it, you guys know in an, in an IFAC, those are the things that are in there, right? You got a tourniquet. You've got um, a chest seal. You've got some type of a pressure dressing bandage. Um, you've got a nasal pharyngeal airway. So those are all tools to prevent those three things. And I think it was like the biggest percentage was stopping massive hemorrhage. I was going to say, I think that between World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, there was a study that showed something like 97% of combat deaths were due to blood loss from extremities. Yep. Which yep. is pretty ridiculous it, you it know, was in huge. hindsight. Well, yeah, it's kind of like just keeping those ABCs going to get you to the medical tent. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Because because you're always gonna you're always going towards a higher level of care. Yeah. So in the field, if we could if we could stop that bleed, because and, and they actually changed for the military, they use the March algorithm. So you, everybody's familiar with the ABCs, right? Mm-hmm. Airway, breathing, circulation. Um, they added the March is massive hemorrhage. Because you can, um, the human body has about five liters of blood. 
Okay. And, um, as you start to lose blood, right, you, you go downhill. And, and once you lose close to half of your blood, there's no coming back from that. No matter what you do for a person, if you've lost over half your blood, um, you get to hypovolemic shock and, and your toast. So they want to stop that bleeding real quick. And so within a minute to two minutes of arterial bleeding, you could bleed out to the point where you can't be saved. So if, if we don't stop that bleeding immediately as fast as we can, it doesn't matter if they got an airway. It doesn't matter if they've got a heartbeat or if they're breathing because if their blood's gone, then, you know. They're gone. Yeah, you do, do CPR out, on yeah. somebody, yeah, and they, <laughs> they bled out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's the whole um, the bleeding acronym. That's why tourniquets are so important because you could get a, a hasty tourniquet on somebody on a leg or an arm, and if they've got some type of a, an amputation or a or major injury, um, you could uh, you could stop that bleed, and then first people can go a long time with the tourniquet on until you can get them to medical. So, mm-hmm. so that nine hours you said like uh, well golden, the golden hour or golden yeah yeah yeah, yeah they you know they ideally if you you know after a couple hours you can start having some issues with your arm, but even even two to four hours with the tourniquet on they say that it's not gonna it used to be. Oh, you know, don't put a tourniquet on until the last resort because then they're going to, they'll have to amputate yeah. your arm. But they realized that through the global war on terror and, and um, you know, and, and fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan, that they've had tourniquets on for a lot longer than that. And it doesn't do, irrepar- you know, irreparable harm to the, to the limb. So they say that's now a first resort. Like if you've got massive hemorrhage. So the things about massive hemorrhage to realize, right, arterial bleeding. So um, bright red spurting blood. Um, if the blood's pooling below the person that's injured, or if in the Northwest, right, it's rains a lot here and it's cold, people got a lot of clothes on. So if you see a big, big area soaking into their clothes of blood, then that's what we'd consider massive hemorrhage. So that's a quick, hasty tourniquet. You get that on them and then you can do some more investigating. So, so I, I guess my question then is that's the individual level when higher care is not available or it's delayed. What, what I'm headed toward is sure. Now, sure. now we're talking so, yeah, kitchen so we ta- table. So yeah, so we, we kind of went a little rabbit trailed on the, on the uh, IFAC. Yep. But so the three kits we were talking about, so that first one's the IFAC, and that's what you have that on you. If you're making holes, you got to be able to patch a hole too, right? Yep. So, um, and then the second kit that I kind of recommend is, is the um, personal, I call it like a boo-boo kit, but it's a, you know, a little bit more expanded um, kit. And, and I have one in my car, and it's just a little case, but it's got like the... Um, you know, the band-aids and the tweezers and stuff like that, you know, so it's... Ooies and owies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I keep... What I like to do is, you know, at the fire station, we, they'd have these little individual packs that they would have at the stations with, you know, it's got two, two little Advil in it or two little, um, you know, Pepto-Bismol or antacid or whatever. Motrin. <laughs> Motrin, right? <laughs> so I just went on Amazon and I bought um, boxes of those individual packs. And then when I have kits for myself and, you know, my wife, my wife's car, my car, you know, I've got two little Tylenol, two little, two little Motrin, two little, and, and I use those all the time. Like, yeah. Oh man. Jordan and I are going to be robbing the first aid tums. kits at work now. Ibuprofen packs out of there. <laughs> no, but yeah. So, so that, that, that boo-boo kit, that gives you more of the everyday type of stuff, right? We don't, we're not using tourniquets every day, but you know, band-aids, I need tweezers to yeah. pluck a sliver, stuff like that. And then I go for the, the home kit the expanded kit. And that's like the, the one I was talking about, the clinic in a roll that I have. This is, this is stuff that's going to be, you know, like you said, longer term things. Now there's a new company out. You guys probably heard of them. They're called Jace Medical. 
Yes. That's what I was yes. going to ask. Yeah. About. And um, this one, and I haven't personally done this yet, but I'm, I'm planning on it. But what they'll do is, you know, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because it's like, oh, hey, I want to get some antibiotics. Well, you can't, you know, you need a prescription for that or you can't get those things. Well, this, this company is actually facilitating. So they have like doctors that you can, you know, get a hold of them and they actually will give you a, pers- I don't know how it works exactly. Just, just but, like Blue Chew where... Blue Chew. Yeah. Oh. The Boner fry. pills? Boner pills. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Viagra. Yeah. Nice. Certified doctors, guys. Yeah. But, no, but they have some, somehow they're able to get you these prescription meds into your possession so yes. you can build up a little more of a. I know a they have like ivermectin, antibiotics, all really? kinds of different. Just straight out of yeah, China. So I, I, no, no, I no, it's, just, a good, it's a good company. I was just looking into this like three days ago. Yeah. And, uh, There's a couple different companies. One's Jace Medical, and I can't remember what the other one is, but Jace Medical seems to be a little bit better. Um, They give you more um, pills, but they got, like, basically a pack of, like, five different antibiotics that they'll give you, and it gives you kind of a list of, like, why you would need to take which ones. Because so many people... J-A-S-E. And I kind of like, too, they've been advertising on a lot of good... You know, conservative platforms with people mm-hmm. that people that I like to you know frequent. So that's I'm, how I'm I found out about them. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the because uh, um, people were taking like fish fish antibiotics for the longest time, right? And which, stocking up on stuff you like can. that. You yep. know. Yep. So, but this is just a, another way in which to do it. Didn't they make a law recently that you can't buy animal? Um, I think you used ivermectin to be able to get specifically for ivermectin, right? But all antibiotics for animals, like ranchers, used to be able to go to your Senex or your local feed store Tractor for supply. Animal. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, but now they made it that right, you, you have to ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> go in your K hole. Uh, but they've made it now that you have to have a vet write a prescription. You're not able to get basic things, which for a lot of farmers. That costs you a lot more money yeah. to constantly have a vet come out and write yep. prescriptions compared to going to your local feed supply company and getting basic antibiotics, basic antivirals, basic antiparasitics for your animals for, you know, yep. farm life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sure it's all a knee-jerk reaction to people buying ivermectin during the, the COVID pandemic. Anyway, but we, no one died. We, from we, we know the government's no, well, we, we not helping us out with also this. A, yeah, yeah, human let's, use fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. Let's rail it in and get back. Yeah. On it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah. So, well, no, and then in in really, you think about this is kind of our overall big picture type preparedness, right? Um, I talk about three different things. I talk about preparing your family, talk about getting to know your neighbors in your neighborhood, and then also building a team, building a, a, a mutual assistance group, a group of like-minded people that you can you can train with. So in those in those categories, this is you know, preparing your family and preparing your home. Is it having having medical supplies? Yeah. And so yeah, um, you know, um, I may know somebody that um, you know had some supplies for um, to do an IV, and when they needed, um, they didn't want to go to the emergency room, but they were low on fluids and, um, you know, if you've got a paramedic in your group that's willing to come over and, uh, you know, spike a bag and give them an IV, if you have those supplies already ready to go, you know, you, that's, that's a good way to go. So even though you may not have some of the skills, if you have the gear and equipment for somebody else to come and use that, that knows what they're doing. Yep. <clears throat> Jordan, I am army combat first responder trained and it's going to take me nine sticks, but I will get that IV in you. <laughs> Right in the butt. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Are there companies, uh, hypothetically, are you able to buy IVs and stuff through Europe or some of the... 
You, you know, know what I mean? I, I think if you if you want to get stuff, you can you can get it. It's um, just sodium chloride. It shouldn't be a controlled item. Yeah, is it? Well, yeah, but isn't it? Cer- certain things are right, and so so what do you do? So if you're just the average you know Joe out there, and it's like, hey man, I want to get some of this stuff. Well, um, maybe a good person to have as part of your group would be a doctor or a um, physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner or somebody that's in the medical field that can maybe help you go down those roads. Does that make sense? Yes. Like as, as, a, as a firefighter, I'm able to get, you know, discounted stuff from North American Rescue so I can buy, you know, medical products there for, re- you know, pretty inexpensive. I heard bulk order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I, we've been talking about this for months. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so I think, you know, being smart about that, like, because not only do you want, you know, could that person maybe help you get that gear, but what happens when you can't go to the doctor and you need somebody to help you, right? Yeah, and backing up because we've talked about these kits and I've looked at a bunch of these different kits and I always balk at the price, which might be stupid. Am I going to save my money? Am I going to save myself money if I take a shopping cart to Winco through the pharmacy or am I going to end up spending about the same amount of money? Well, it kind of depends too, like what quality of, you know, stuff do you want? Like you could go to, you know, um, Cabela's or somewhere and they have those little survival kits in a in a Nalgene bottle and yeah, it's like garbage, and it's like hey yeah. this has this Fish has hooks. this has a mini you know um, multi-tool in it it has hang on do you remember the survival knife that you used to get out of Boys Life magazine that yeah, compass in the there? Rambo <laughs> knife yeah, yeah. you unscrew it and there's yeah. waterproof matches in there and like uh-huh. a fish hook and like yeah. dude I am ready yeah <laughs> but but is it better to have I couldn't wait to get lost in the woods yeah so you could buy that for inexpensive and you go okay now I got it but how good a quality is the stuff in there yeah right but then you can go and buy all the same stuff stuff in there on your own buy nicer stuff and now you're spending you know multi hundreds of dollars so maybe you start off with something just inexpensive and basic from you know rei has um, hiker kits you know the walmart has you know little hiker smalls mm-hmm. you get something like that to start and then you go through those things and you look at the stuff in there and you're like if you're using it a lot maybe you, you upgrade so you you know, buy a little bit nicer um, hemostatic gauze instead of just having a yeah. rolled gauze. You I know? think someone gave me an REI hiker first aid kit about 10 years ago as like a gift exchange Christmas present. And I opened it up and started going through it. And the only thing I actually kept from it was the little pouch that it came in and put all my <laughs> own <laughs> stuff. In. Yeah, you know, a bunch of Band-Aids and moleskin. Yeah, they're putting cheap that, stuff yeah. in there so yeah. they can, you know, they sell Stylish it for a, a low price. Yeah, but make yeah. money off it. But better to have something to start. And that's what I tell guys is that there's, you know, in preparedness, a lot of guys are like, oh, man, I, don't, I can't spend all this money to buy all this. You don't have to spend a lot of money. We just did a big a class, and we talked about um, building your go bag, right, your bug out bag, you know, three-day, 72-hour bag. And, um, you know, you can start off with your a kid's backpack that they don't want to take to school anymore because it's out of style now. And then you can just start stocking that with stuff you already have in your home, and you can have a go bag ready to go. For inexpensive, you don't have to buy all the Gucci stuff right off the You'd bat. You'd be amazed how much nice shit people give to Goodwill. Yeah, Goodwill. Like, is I, I have a couple nice North Face like uh, day packs that I paid like eight bucks for. Yeah. Oh yeah. For so, yeah, there's different for, levels for medical bags or the contents you're putting inside of them. Do you have a met like you're nice enough to bring us information and pamphlets? Do you have? Is there an NFPA or a FEMA guideline or? anything you recommend for stocking your own medical supplies that you could recommend to the listeners there uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there Um, i mean if you google first aid kit there's there's a ton of stuff this is a book that i would recommend to people it's called the ultimate survival medicine guide by um joe alton and amy alton i think they go by dr bones and nurse amy but this is a great guide that goes through a whole bunch of stuff like exactly like you're saying that you um you know if 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 
things go south and you don't have a hospital or a clinic to go to, how can you help yourself out? But even right in here, there's a list of, you know, stuff you should have in your kit, right? Perfect. Do you, so, I'm sorry, do you listen to Prepping 2.0? Uh, yeah, I've actually been on their podcast. Is that the, <laughs> do they mention them? Are I they, think, are they so. on them? Yeah, Dr. Yeah, I'm okay. sure they have been. They've been all over the place. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're mm -hmm. good. They're good people and they have a website and stuff, but, okay. but oh, this cool. book's okay. really good. But even in this book, right? Here it goes. It has a, a page here. It says IFAC or personal carry kit. Goes down the list with all the stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Second page is the family kit, and that's kind of what I was talking about too, right? And that goes into a lot more details and stuff. So, okay. so yeah. So I, I mean, I could put one out on my website, but I'm just you know reinventing the wheel. People have already there's tons of those out there. I think you're bringing up a very good point because we're talking about if there's an emergency or a natural disaster, or civil <laughs> unrest. The first thing that's going to go is communication and internet, and we're everyone gets all their information off of is the internet. So to have actual physical copies yep. of medical, of how procedures, how yep. to, yep. that might almost hard, hard be better yeah, than having some of the tools. Yep. I have in, um, in the group preparedness plan that I'm, I'm working on, I'm going to be publishing this book and, um, you know, our, our all the different categories medical is one of the categories and in one of i think it's like our tier two level it says um acquire medical guides and books right so i mean shoot you can go probably go to your fire department and they and ask them for an emt book and they probably have 10 of them i know oh, we do yeah. sitting right there in a bookshelf <laughs> that people they go to emt school and they get done and they put it on the shelf and then they have to buy the next revision for the next time so mm -hmm. you, know, you know what's frustrating is i spent probably four phone calls with everett community college trying to get myself enrolled not for credit in their emt course that's i was i was expl i was like listen i do not want to work as an emt i just want to take the class they wouldn't let you and they would not let me You'd be affiliated with the yeah this, uh, or I, I think i was trying to because a lot of times universities four-year universities will offer their call or their classes not for credit at a reduced yeah, price sure so I was trying to get a discount, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that I, because again, I don't want to work as an EMT. I just wanted to go kind of audit the class, kind of a thing. But yeah. just, just take it, just yeah, for my own, it. my it own cost personal me training. Bucks to take it. How much? Eighteen, I think. Yeah, I was hoping to get it for like half of that. Yeah. 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 Interesting. No but yeah, so no, but there's places you can get, you know, like say Goodwill is, is one too. You know, a lot of you know Value Village they have you know, books and their books are really inexpensive. You go in there and find a reference book, but you, any kind of reference book, um, you know, um, Mountaineer, uh, there's a, a guide, a wilderness medicine guide that's really good. I, the name escapes me right now, but um, yeah, wilderness medicine stuff. Cause then you're dealing with not able to get to definitive care quickly. So those are, those are good, good guides to have, but yeah, stock up on them now. I love, I love hard copy books because yeah. you know, you got them in your hand and if like say power goes out or internet's down, there's something sort of something nice about having a, a book, a hard copy of yeah. anything, right? Yep. yep. Um, so with with all the medical equipment for that, say there is a situation where you don't have secondary care, and like you said, you're on the kitchen table dealing with stuff. Yeah. Now, how extensive of a kit would you need for something like that? Is that the what would you call the I, i'm not sure what you called the back oh, the, the clinic and the roll there the, the clinic and the yeah, roll, yeah, yeah. Roll. what did something like that cost like so that was like between five and six hundred bucks for okay, that, for so that that's, particular it's one substantial but yeah but I, I really i liked it, it and it it's a pretty cool thing but you could build something you know and it's a lot of money for people but if somebody has the money or or maybe as a group see that's why i talk about yeah having a group having a team because this is Washington State. You can go to to a Walgreens, take anything you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, having having a group of people and then 
trying to, you know, recruit, you know, paramedics, EMTs, nurses. In, okay, we, in need, your, we need some medical doctors to start training at Electric North Jiu-Jitsu, please. Yeah. <laughs> but does that make sense? Because Absolutely. you got to have yeah. those skills. And now, um, say, for example, suturing. Right, like you could take a suture class, which I took one one time, and it was it was interesting, and got the little practice thing. Um, but that's a you know a skill that you kind of got to keep practicing at it. Yeah. Or you can buy super glue and steri strips, you know, yeah. butterfly wow. bandages. Yeah. You can have those, or they actually have staplers as well that you can use to close a wound. How's JB so. Weld work on? The- yeah, yeah. <laughs> super glue and butterfly. <laughs> Four yeah. dogs I like to cut open. Yeah. Open. Just but so there's ways. Back. There's ways to do things, but yeah, if if you don't have the the skills, like say somebody has their appendix ruptures in the apocalypse, you know, or in the yeah. SHTF and there's no, you know, there's no hospitals or clinic to go to. I mean, people are going to die. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. I, yes. Literally in, in my job, I see a, a large percentage of the people that we go see are very, very dependent on the system. You know, what, like that, they, they, are, they can't take care of basic minor needs in their life. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen when yeah. things start getting weird? Yeah. There's and just going to be I a lot even, of people that just are not going to make it. Yes. And I don't even think of it in terms of SHTF. My sort of scenario that I'm always planning for is Puget Sound sits on top of this giant fault line and there is geological evidence that there has been a massive earthquake <coughs> here, like a 9.8 or something like yeah. that, like 15,000 years they ago. They call it the full rip. Yes. Yep. And we're, we're sort of primed and due for another one, which in geological terms could mean tomorrow or a thousand years from now. But let's say we do get that 9.8 mega quake the roads the overpasses the water mains the gas mains all the infrastructure is going to be totaled so all your emergency response a they're going to be wanting to go home and take care of their own wife and kids and b the trucks and cars aren't going to be able to get through anyway so you're going to have to kind of fend for yourself for probably weeks maybe even months um and brent brings up a really good point which is that again taking care of your own health and fitness as like a prophylactic yeah. is extremely important. Not not wait until, oh shit, we're in trouble. I guess we better start losing weight and lift, lift, you know what I mean? It's too late at that point. It takes years and years and years to get yourself strong and resilient, especially, you know, for those of us who are in later life. Fuck you, Jordan. And uh, <laughs> my knees feel, yeah, that's true, yeah. feel as old as all of you. Well, no, and the, and the guys that I, guys I know that I really respect, um, one friend of mine, he was in the SEAL teams for 28 years and, and is a great guy. And he, you know, he knows all the high tech, you know, training stuff. And what he says, the most important thing you can do is be physically fit. The primary that's weapon a, system, the Mark one mod zero human body. <laughs> exactly. And if, and if you're not healthy, um, yeah, if you can't, it's it's hard to take care of yourself. You you got to be able to move. You got to be agile. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so medically, learn some skills, buy some books. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. Let's let break it down. Um, have some gear. So have your first aid kits. I would have a kit in each one of my vehicles. So make sure that your wife's car has a kit, and and that your your vehicle has a kit. Make sure you have some good, and then and then start building up your stockpile at your home for extra stuff. So, you know, um, bandages and and um, like talk about the different different medications. If you have if you're on prescription meds and you depend on those, mm-hmm. um, yeah, start you, you should start. And what, what what I would do is I'd go go to my doctor and I say, hey, um, I I, I want to be prepared for disasters or emergencies, and I'm a little worried that if I can't come and get my, you know, would you mind writing me a little, you know, an extra amount and then it, maybe you, you get renewed every two months or maybe you go in at six weeks and you say hey can I and try to get it a little early and try to get them st- start stocking that up on your own and building yourself a little buffer 
I'm already over here lying to him. <laughs> We're going on vacation, and I'm going to need an extra Well, you know, see what, see what you can do. And if that if you don't have a doctor, it's not going to be, you know, cooperate with you and find, you know, find another yeah, doctor. Go to another maybe, one. You yeah, know. as long as you're not asking for painkillers, I don't know why they would care if you want Yeah, if you're extra. on blood pressure medications yeah. or whatever. But you would not believe how many medications a lot of people are on. Like, I'll, oh. I'll see patients, and they're on 20 different Holy prescription shit. meds. And, and I'm just, I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you know how those are all interacting with each other. I, I see these people, and I'm like, man. <laughs> I think that's a lot of people yeah. in this oh, country. Oh, there's a huge yes. amount. Because a lot of these doctors nowadays, what do they do? I remember going to a doctor and their, saying. Their training is to, is to prescribe. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I got some, some, you know, some soreness in my knees, but I know I don't really eat that good, and my diet's not that great. And he goes, oh, you don't have to worry about diet. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, unless you're obese, diet real, wouldn't really affect your joints. And I'm like, looking at him and I, I t- lost all respect for the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that my that what I eat, if I'm drinking sodas and eating cheeseburgers and that yeah. stuff, that that's not going to affect my physical. High inflammatory foods. Yeah. 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 And so they have a problem up. and so they, they tell them, <laughs> I'll go see these patients sometimes and I'll be like, um, yeah, maybe drink some water. Have you eaten anything healthy today? You know, get outside and get some exercise. These people are looking at me like, what? Mountain Dew's got water in it. Come on. Yeah, man. what kind of pill yeah. is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I just yeah. That's what these Coors Lights are for. They're yeah. like sports <laughs> waters. It's uh, glacier water. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can see the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> They're blue. They're blue. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I got a question because in all our IFACs, this does not come in the civilian IFACs that I'm aware of. I might be wrong. We used to have what we called a Z-Pack, which was like a uh, global antibiotic. They called it like a global killer antibiotic sure. so that if someone sure. was shot, you'd immediately, along with once you stopped bleeding an airway, one of the last things you did before we medevac them was give them that Z-Pack to, to fight any infection. Antibiotics, device. right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it zinc and erythromycin? Oh, I think it was called it? Cipro, maybe. Cipro? Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah, that's a... That's a Tough one, yeah. That's a so. My question tough then one is, to get or tough well, it's like it's a, it's not heavy duty. It's hard on your body, and but it, it yeah. it's one that will kill. Well, it kills everything, including yeah, the tough. good bacteria your gut in your gut. Bag. So that yeah. my yeah. question then was, should you also have probiotics yeah, on hand? Kombucha. So that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take this, yeah. Drink, this drink, drink it with. Put that. these Birkenstocks on <laughs> and drink this kombucha. All this Scooby, you'll yeah. be fine. Oh man. Does, does that stuff come, like, does that bacteria regrow itself? Or yeah. after you take a global killer like that, do you need to do something to jumpstart it? Well, yeah, yeah, you want it. You want your body. I, to be frank, I'm not a I'm not that up on that okay. kind of chemistry for the body. So, you know, but I'm sure, yeah, I mean, you'd want to have something, you know, with healthy, you know, yogurt and stuff. And okay. It's going to help your culture. Your I think any that. antibiotic is hard on your oh, internal yeah. flora, fauna, uh, you know, all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's still one of those things that you need. When you need it, you need it. Yeah, yes. true. There's so no, there's we're, no we're question about, about the it. Next, so next step at the next step. Yeah, I mean, get to the get to the next event. You know, so if that's the case, that's kind of what. As far as you know, no. In my mind, in my scenario that I paint in my head, there is no secondary care until I can get. Uh, a buddy who's a doctor to come sure. down and help me and who knows when that's going to be or if that ever is going to be. Well, yeah. let's, well let's, so. let's, let's run a few scenarios. Like here's, let's think of some scenarios. People are like, well, what are you thinking about? So you just talked about it. Um, an earthquake. Mm-hmm. So we get an earthquake around here. Um, they call it the full, there's a book called the full rip 9.0. It's an interesting book to read that talks about it in, in depth, but they, there's a map that they have that they've looked at in, in, in this area and it's called population islands in a, in an earthquake like that. Mm-hmm. And it basically shows different colors in the areas that are going to be isolated from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So if you're near, if you're in this one little area here and the earthquake hits, 
you're basically stuck. You're not going to be driving from here to sure. here anymore. Like think like Mercer Island. They're just marooned because yeah, the bridges but, are going to crack. Yeah, but that's even an island. But even here, right? You get um, yeah, you know, what, by the Everett Mall where they got the the big overpasses and stuff. Those things go down. Yeah. You no more north or south travel. Um, and then you know the. I mean, it's going to be bad. Thank goodness for some. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I know. Yeah. So, so if, you're, you, if you're stuck in an area where they don't have um, a hospital or a clinic, then you're you're on your own there, right? Mm, yeah. And so it's just like you were saying. Um, that's one scenario. Um, back during COVID, if you didn't want to take their, if you didn't believe in the in the, what they were pushing as far as a narrative of that whole thing, um, you could not. Some people they weren't given a medical care. Because if yeah. you weren't going to do what they wanted you to do with yeah. the with the V, yeah. right, mm-hmm. then they would say, well, then you're being irresponsible and we're going to deny you care. I mean, something like that could happen. I had a yeah. lot of friends with, or a few friends that had to deal with that when they had their babies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was like, I'm... We're not doing this, and they were just like, okay, well, we can't, we can't see you anymore. No kidding. They so took, you they and t- your you and your kids need to find a new doctor, and they're like, all right. Well, so, damn. You know, we had so. we had a friend. We knew a guy that they the family that they took the baby away from the mom right after birth because they said that she tested positive, and they were going to keep the baby. They took aw- the baby. Oh, away. And the dad's like, "Hey, I want the baby there and nursing and bonding." And they're like, "Well, no, we can't. You tested." Oh, and we, I, I knew guys that wanted to go. I'd be hot. Right. I would have. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. And, uh, and the family I, wasn't really. The family <laughs> didn't want that, but there was people that were ready to. <laughs> Ready. So, so there's a lot of different scenarios that can happen, right? Um, um, even just civil unrest. Like, what if you're, uh, what if you're trying to drive to the freeway to the hospital and um, they're uh, rioting, Some protest. supporting, you know, supporting Gaza, and they're rioting and sh- shutting down the freeway. You know, you just, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Cattle guard, yeah, <laughs> kill those <laughs> four miles an hour, I'll take you down. So yeah, so there's all kinds of different scenarios. So that's what, if you you think about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you guys are familiar with that, right? It has yep. the pyramid, and the basic level is your is your base needs. So it's food, water, security, shelter, st- things like that. And so your health is that's a that's a base need that's mm-hmm. that's important to be able to, you know, be looked out for. So those are the things that we start preparing for. So we have our medical kits, but then like you talked about, you take that, but now you don't have the right food to, you know, build your health back up after you're injured. So that's important too. So you want to have, you know, good food supply. Mm-hmm. You want to have a, a supply of water because if the things are going bad and you can't get to the hospital, you might not be able to get to the store either. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, even I if guess you can get to the store, it's going to be empty quickly. Yeah. The shelves are empty. Yeah, exactly. But that go- also goes to like, if you're going to stockpile medical gear, there's other things that you're going to need in situations. And yep. we, we glossed over everything and went straight to medical, but like you said, food, water, shelter, food, water, shelter, but also things that you can like, people don't think about having, uh, bleach. People don't yeah. think about having vinegar that yeah. people don't think about having like things that are very cheap that you don't necessarily look at as food, Yeah, but can be there to process things. Yeah, so we're, we're back to like antiseptics, which that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Cause that it like, Again, I, I see that if there were a big infrastructure failure, like a big earthquake, I, and especially if the electrical grid went down, people don't associate their toilet with the electrical grid. Tobin's always worried but about But always the poop. the poop. I'm always worried about the poop, man. <laughs> but that, that's, that's, that's the pestilence is what will kill the most people. Pestilence yep, yep. and existing medical conditions. Because most people, they don't understand where their poop goes when they flush the toilet. And there's a 
sewage treatment plant that runs on giant pumps. And if those pumps don't have electricity, then they don't pump. And then your toilet doesn't flush at some point. And most people will just keep shitting in that thing till it crowns. And then they'll be like, oh, well, Wait, na- well now, we what do now? Do we, now what do we do? <laughs> well, I'm building a, an outhouse right above my septic tank. Perfect. I, even better, put it Set. in your neighbor's yard. Well, he's got a septic tank too, and it, I'm coming for it. Yeah. Even even a five gallon bucket, and they make a little lid that goes on a five gallon bucket that has a toilet seat on it. Have one of those, and then yeah. you or can put a, a gar- you can put a garbage dip bag in there with with some sawdust, and then yeah, you just little and, then, and then we have actually one, you know those little uh, change at the beach shelters, those pop up yep. shelters, mm-hmm. and I have one of those with it, and that's your that's a really quick instant um, outhouse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if you're traveling or whatever, and you need to. I work on a construction site, so that sounds fama- like very nice compared to some of the bathrooms I've used recently. Oh, man. Um, what does it take to start the compost process in a compost toilet? Do you just have to add in, do you pour some kombucha in there, get some probiotics going? Oh, dude, you are the dirty sawdust. sawdust and it's let in it there, yeah, much. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, just Maybe some go. worms. I was going to say, worms... Um, I saw this cool design that this guy had, and he took one of those IBC totes, those you know the two hundred seventy-five gallon big mm-hmm. tanks, kind of half buried that, and then coming out of that on the bottom, he had PVC pipe, made his own little drain field, mm-hmm. then put rocks and gravel in the bottom, then he um, filled it up with, uh, and he put and he put worms in there, yeah. and so he made a, a co- his own basically composting little septic system, mm-hmm. and he said with the worms in there and doing their thing, that it doesn't even have a smell to it really. Yeah, oh, interesting. Well, there's yeah. there's also. Um, I can't remember exactly what the company is, but they it, it's like a it's like a bladder that you use with compost and and stuff like that and you fill it up and it creates the gas and it'll it'll blow the bladder up and you can fill it then you and can get your own methane you can harvest exactly so you're creating methane so then you yeah, can well. take that and run it to a stove and yeah. cook off of yeah. the the gas you're <laughs> creating we'll see in, in what, we're, what we're getting at is there there's a lot of um solutions out there to the potential problems yeah so i think the key thing is is to you know project 223 right it's, it's out of proverbs 22 3 in the bible and it says the wise man sees trouble and prepares but the fool keeps going and suffers right mm-hmm. and so Heard to be, be wise people right as being wise people is that we realize is that hey these kind of things that could come and happen do i want my family to have to suffer you know, do I want them, my wife and kids and, you know, my friends, do, or do I want to be prepared for whatever could happen? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't, we don't want to be like the doomsday preppers or hiding in a bunker up in the woods, right? You know, you want to live your life and enjoy, you know, and have fun. But, um, but you know, a little preparedness while know. you're doing I, it. I picture Kozak's bunker like the one in Platoon where they're, like, smoking heroin <laughs> through the shotgun. You know what I mean? Like he's like, Kozak's like, here, take a hit off of this. Eat this banana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, and, and if so, you come up with a a comprehensive plan, and that's kind of what I'm doing is with writing this book that I'm doing it, the group preparedness plan. Is it has, um, you know, the, the different categories: it has medical, it has comms, it has um, self defense, it has basic personal and family preparedness, planning and logistics, yeah. mobility. So you have you think about all those different things, and then what we're doing is we're working on we have like a tier one, two, and three level. And this year we're doing our, our, our my group that I hang out with, we're doing the tier one level. And so we're working to get everybody built up. Some guys are really good at self defense. Other guys are really good at medical. So rather than having you know, it's good to have guys that are specialists. But if you can build everybody Cross-train. up, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. if you can build everybody up at the same time, then that's even better. Right? Wait, 
you're raising the standards in your yes, group, yes. <laughs> not lowering them to meet we, the lowest level. Equity and equality. No, everyone everybody be, up. Oh yeah, my gosh. Right. Wild We're withdrawing your DEI funding. <laughs> um, yeah, and honestly, I enjoy all the like the hillbilly engineering type. Pro- like, let's figure out how to make a septic system out of an old 55-gallon drum and some sawdust and some worms. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that shit is kind of fun to me. And right now, you go on YouTube and you can find, it's the University of YouTube, right? I mean, you can yes, find anything yeah. on there. Yep. So mm-hmm. I think you're crazy right now not to be um, studying and learning and Take a pause. Rowing. Wilton Notel is taking a photo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think you're crazy not to use this good time. Um, and, and, we've, and we can see some of these examples of, of um, even now, like how many people, you know, went out and, and – got their ARs, right? And now all of a sudden you can't buy one in Washington anymore. Yeah. yeah. You've been, you know, uh, ammunition. I just saw a thing there. The SHOT Show was just going on and um, the guy from SGMO just sent out a thing and they're talking about how in 2024 now there's going to be a huge um, shortage of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. So they're saying a lot of the gunpowder um, chemicals that are made in China or in Russia and the Chinese don't want us um, using it to, because what we're doing is we're, a lot of these, um, howitzer shells that we're sending to Ukraine, they take a lot of gunpowder, mm-hmm. right? And so the commercial contracts are using a lot of it up. And think about if Russia and China, are they going to want to give us NATO countries gunpowder? Yeah. No. So well, so they're even saying now that, that there could be a big shortage in prices could go way up in ammo in 2024. All right, boys. We got a week before this episode drops to stock up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but as you know, soon as this drops, everybody's everybody. gonna know. <laughs> All there's gonna be like fourteen, 14 dudes hitting ammo seek <laughs> <laughs> so hard. But yeah, so but, but it's just you know it's hey when things are good you know prepare and yeah. be ready. Yeah. Well, I think it also just goes to show like there's no one tool as much as we like gear and it's nice having the stuff. There's no one thing that's gonna save you. The biggest thing is your brain is what. Yeah. holds you I, through this. I was just thinking my next thing I need to do is head to half price books and just buy as many books on first aid and yeah. whatever shelter but building and, and it's also you know a I mean? matter of, of finding time to study well, and here's, understanding here's thing. If what's you, happening because if you have a hard if copy, I get shot, I don't want you reading the fucking chapter in your book <laughs> as I'm Turn as to the I'm index. <laughs> so, so let's, let's do this for a second. Better than Kozak just sticking let's his finger in there. Because we got a medical guy in here, let's, let's do this. Let's run through a couple scenarios, and you tell me the gear I would need for it and the skills I would need for it. All right, I got one. Okay. Bonehead wrestling coach blows out his knee at practice <laughs> trying to prove he's still got it. What is the first thing that we need to do for him? Give him a cold beer. (laughs) We got it, boys. (laughs) Anyway, so it turns out he's still got it. Uh, Like I said, I'm in my my, uh, Toby Keith stage of, like, you know, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. That's where I'm at right now. With one knee. With one knee. I'll fucking give it to you. Okay, so I get... uh, Actually, that's actually a good one because, I mean... A blown it's, knee. A it's not an emergency, but it does affect your ability to do other tasks. Yeah, yeah. But what, what can learning, you really outside of surgery? What can you really? But do? learning what splinting, well, bracing. You if you look at like medieval soldiers and knights, I mean, a lot of their armor was not only metal, but it was leather because they were injured through jousting, through fighting, and a lot of that armor also provided support. Hinged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So learning how to. 
stabilize, give support. I mean, how many fighters yep. have you watched in the UFC or back oh, in yeah. Pride had blown out ACLs and they would just tape the shit out of their legs so they could throw kicks with a blown ACL? Coming up in our uh, June medical class, we'll be doing training Northwest. We're going to talk about splinting. And so, you know, splinting is one thing. You can buy the SAM splints. They're a great product. So you could have commercially made ones, but then you also need to learn skills to make improvised Mm -hmm. splints. So we do that all the time at the fire department. We'll take a, use a pillow to splint somebody's foot or some cardboard. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. So, so, so tool uh, equipment's important. But also having the skills and the knowledge, like you're saying, you know, yeah. that's important. It's, we, it's a mix. Knowledge and duct tape. I was just going to say, uh, athletic tape is wrench. like my go-to. Because we used, and the only way we used to learn this is we used to wrap our forearms in athletic tape in high school football. Because then when we would get it soaking wet in the sink, it would turn into almost a cast. Yeah. And then you could forearm check people. And it was like. Dirty bastards. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But those old Mac boys, yeah, <laughs> I always take a roll of athletic tape with me everywhere I go because it is sort of like, again, it's it's very versatile for either making pressure dressings. Oh, athletic tape's great, yeah. Yeah, or uh, like a like a quick cast on like yeah. a, I guess not like a broken a, leg or a, whatever, on but a knee or on whatever. an arm. Or, yeah, yeah, you can put ankle, it on your knee. whatever you need. But but even even so, like we, not you can't you can't learn every single skill. Yeah. I mean, you can learn a lot of skills, but you're not going to be, you know, but that's why I, I go back to having a, a team or a group, right? Yeah. I think people are crazy if they don't have some type of mutual assistance group, some type of team, some type of squad of guys that, that you work with and train with and, and plan with, because you can't, you can't know everything. Yeah. Right. And so if you can build, if you can build a group of people that are there for each other, like say the, guys that I hang out with are awesome. Shout out to the guys. You know who you are. Um, you know, we'll have a guy, you know, my, my daughter's car slid into a big giant ditch and she was stuck in a ditch and I had like eight people there within 20 minutes and we're, you know, they're flagging traffic and we're winching her out with the guy's tow hook, you know, and the sheriff kind of came up and looked at us and and we had a couple flares out, and he goes, it doesn't look like you guys need any help. He goes, here's some more flares. Handed me a box of flares. But, you know, it was great. I mean, you have people that can be there for you. And having somebody, like, say, if you somebody's a doctor, he might not be as, you know, good at shooting or, you know, tactical type stuff, or maybe he doesn't, you know, you teach know comms. Shoot yeah, but it, he doesn't know comms, but, you know, he's going to be your med guy, and then we have you have an SME in your in your group that's the comms guy, and, and they they teach and train people, you know, yeah. so. But, so, just to rewind a second, if you have all the hard copy books, it, it doesn't cover an emergency, but at least if you need yeah, to. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, back, build a compost reference. toilet or make a you shelter. Want, you or want whatever reference. You want, you yeah. want material to have, be them able on, to learn. have them on the shelf. And like you said, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to know every every aspect of everything. But yeah. it is, it's what, since he's here, I'd like to kind of go over a couple things. Like, uh, say I get, I get stabbed. Okay. Uh, I, f- I fall off of a ladder and I, I land on something and I stab myself with whatever's below me that's sharp. That also what, brings up what, a good point, which is just being fucking careful. Like, we take a lot of unnecessary risks that we don't really think about. Mm-hmm. I think most people are so used to the idea that they can grab their phone, call 911, and help is on the way. You really, like, when we were out hunting way out there in uh, North Cascades where we were, it, it kind of, Nathan took a spill. And he, he dinged himself up a little bit. And I was like, oh, shit. I, it's one of those things I don't really think about. Like, you got to be really careful about just little, like, yeah. you fall down with a 70-pound backpack on. You you might be in for a long two days of getting your ass out of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, if, if, you know, if emergency services are limited, just basic, like, maybe you shouldn't be on a ladder. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Or, yeah, or you have, or you have it tied off, and so, or somebody holding it for you, right? Yeah. Safety or you're first. tied off, right? Yeah. 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 Think OSHA, and then yeah, and then know, do the right? task. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, so I mean, those situations come up. You don't. You yeah. don't. I mean, because how many times have we cut ourselves? Yep. And say again, we're in a, we're in an emergency. We we cut ourselves, and we just go ah, it's a little cut. Don't worry about it. But we're out in the woods, or we're we're away from running water. I only nope. have the 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 earthquake hit. I cut myself, and now I have to only the water around me, and I'm not worried about it because it's small. Yeah. Now that gets infected. Now yep. I end yep. up getting you know a whole slew of issues that I didn't because, like you said, I'm not I'm not taking the time to be safe and go, okay, there's a little cut here. Let's tape it up. Let's get it. I mean, same with like all of a sudden this stuff happens and we're wearing boots that we haven't been wearing. And now we get a blister on our foot, but we have to keep going. We don't really have time to take care of our feet or whatever, what have you that gets infected or that keeps that sore keeps growing and growing and growing. And we end up in bad situations. Yeah. Or people that normally never use chainsaws and now they're trying to cut firewood because there's no, electricity for heat and they end up cutting themselves and they don't have a pair of chaps because they didn't really think about that you know yeah, yeah. so yeah i know those are all those are all great points but okay so say i, I again yeah i keep I, I keep hijacking you sorry i get i get uh okay wait i get punctured <laughs> yeah. uh, somehow uh with like a three inch something three mm, inches come on, way man. smaller than that yeah. but six inches whatever six inches yeah chandra's three inch um <laughs> Anyway, so what happens? What do you do? So the, is the object in you? The object is the object is in me. <laughs> it, is, it is buried deep. Okay, at well, least three inches. Well, nor- normally what we would do is we would not want to pull things pull yeah. things out, right? Okay. If somebody somebody <laughs> had an object impaled, okay, um, we'll we'll wrap it up and stabilize it, and we'll get them to higher level of care, right? Because mm-hmm. if if you go to pull something out, and also now you got an arterial bleed or some, mm-hmm. you know. Heavy bleeding, well, that's going to be difficult to do. Okay. But in, in a t- situation like that where well, let's, we're saying that there's no hospital, right? Mm-hmm. No clinic, that there was an earthquake, power's out, um, you can't get onto the freeway, you can't get out of your neighborhood area. Yeah. Okay? Well, it's, it's going to be tough. You're going you're gonna to end up having to pull it out, mm-hmm. right? So you, you pull the item out, and then now is, how's the bleeding? Uh, Heavy bleeding, little m- bleeding, trickle, trickle of blood. Minimal. So you didn't hit an artery. That's a good thing, right? So there might be some venous bleeding. But now what do you worry about? You even mentioned it earlier, infection. So then you're going to want to have to clean that thing out really well. Mm-hmm. And so what we do, we, we clean wounds, and we don't do a lot of that stuff because we, you know, we wrap them up, send them to hospital. We got a... Um, you're packaging. You know, we got a, you know, yeah. a high-level trauma center near us, and you know, we just, we're sending people to the hospital there in five minutes. Um, but uh, we'll just take like the eye wash solution, you know, the sterile saline take some of that spray it on a gauze pad and just you know wipe it off you can use that to irrigate a wound um, so that's cheap and easy okay. right are you opening up the wound a little bit to, to well irrigate? yeah i mean that you know and you got to get in there a little bit right yeah. so if you know so you see people that get like road rash from crashing their bike or whatever and you got the gravel and stuff in there you got to clean that out and it's probably gonna be painful but you know right. depending on that wound you have i mean you, i'm probably gonna milk it a little bit with the getting the blood to come out so allow it the bleeding's good right because it's Flushing, flushing it out, it. so let let a little of the blood come out and stuff, and then once, and then then try to do the best you can to you know irrigate it. So I'd, I'd use like like say eye wash or those little bottles are kind of nice. Yeah, you're, One, not, a, you're not using <clears throat> just tap water. Well, well, I mean you, you're going to use what you need to use. I would okay. use something as sterile as I could first. Right. Um, Whiskey. We've even taken just yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, yeah. you could use Alcoholism something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, alcohol. Um, but you can use, um, we take like water bottles, you know, the Kirkland brand ones. Take your knife and poke a few holes in the top, and you can use that to kind of flush. Yeah, because you, you know, know that's quick. relatively clean. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's relatively clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you, you want to flush as much of the dirt and crap out of there, and then you're going to bandage it up and dress it, you know. Now, is there injuries that you might not see because of bleeding that that could cause like some sort of internal so bleeding is that or punctured like your it, intestine or something it might is there a way well, yeah no if you yeah if you get internal bleeding right so what's gonna how do you know if somebody has internal bleeding you yeah. can't see it pool um, in that area where where the where the wound was say if it's blunt trauma so say mm-hmm. you fell off the ladder and you landed on a retaining wall you know on in, on your side and um, you're gonna see bruising you're going to feel a mass in there because as it's bleeding on the inside, you're going to, it's going to start to harden up a little bit. So you'll feel it, but there's not much you can do besides surgery with internal bleeding like that. Okay. And I mean, is there, do? Is, do you have a way, I mean, are you going to go into shock? Are you going to like, is there a way to test for certain things? Like, well, your vital signs, right? So in, in basic medical, you're going to want to learn how to, how to take vital signs and what normal vital signs are. So what are, what are the vital signs that we take? Pulse. pulse, right? So knowing where to take a pulse. So knowing that if I have a radial pulse, so I feel my wrist and I know where that's at, knowing if I can feel that, that there's systolic blood pressure is at least 80. So they got a decent blood pressure. If you can't so you're going to need a watch? What's that? So you're going to need a watch? Well, yeah. Well, Oh, no. Well, yeah. Well, you, yeah, you could use a watch or you could just kind of count. I can feel. Think about this. If I feel my pulse and it's about one a second, what's my approximate pulse? 60. 60, right? Yeah. If it's... One every, there's two a second. It's 120. It's 120 or somewhere between there. So I don't need to know the exact number. I need to know somewhere close, right? So what's the normal range of a pulse for somebody, you know, athletes in 50, 60, you know, maybe into the 70s. Um, if their pulse is over 100, you know, then their, their, their pulse rate's up. So you know there's something, something weird going on, right? So knowing normal vital signs, how to take them, and then, and then what they mean is important. Um, blood pressure, right? systolic or diastolic your heart pumps blood goes out and then it stops pumping and so that top number is when your blood's being pushed out of your heart and the lower number is kind of the static pressure that's there okay so knowing what a normal blood pressure is 120 over 80 approximately is what what are what blood pressures are so if somebody's you know if their blood pressure is really low they're losing volume and their blood pressure is low then you know that's that's not a good sign is that is that something that you would recommend people have as one of those cuffs Um, Yeah, blood pressure cuff. Yeah, so in my my old home first aid kit, they have these little uh, monitors that go on your finger, and they're not too expensive. You can get on Amazon, but they they measure the your blood oxygen level and your pulse. So it's a little SPO two meter they call it. But you can just stick that on somebody's finger, and it'll tell you what their heart rate is, and and um, and then have a blood pressure cuff with a stethoscope. And so that means you can auscultate a blood pressure. So you just, mm-hmm. you know, you use the cuff and you can listen. And it's not real hard skill to, to know, to learn. And then, um, yeah, and then, and then also that, that stethoscope works good for listening to lung sounds and hearing, you know, if, you, if somebody's got, you know, decreased lung sounds for whatever reason or if, they, if they're sick, you can kind of use those. So, But then it all depends, like, what are you going to do with those numbers once you got them, right? Yeah, that's the thing. You're kind of screwed yeah. unless you have a hospital. Yeah. You know, yeah. or I mean, I've seen plenty. I, I'm waiting to <laughs> MacGyver over a, here, a trachea, somebody with a with a big pencil. And maybe, and maybe, maybe there is. So let's let's take our scenario that um, I watched Mash. Yeah. yeah, that it's not a full like you're not fully stuck there. It's not a full collapse situation, but but yet it's 
it's really dangerous to go to the hospital. Like there is one, there is a clinic, but the roads, there's maybe there's been it's like Mad Max sniper attacks or there. something yeah. like that. Or there's, or there's the, the rule of law started breaking down and there's gangs that are out, you know, carjacking, you know, all over the place. So people don't want to travel. But you, if you know the vital signs and you can say, hey, how sick is this person? And maybe it's worth it now to, to risk, they're going to die. And so now by looking at their vitals, you know, they're stable or now they're going to die. We use this thing called sick, not sick. We look at patients and, you know, it's like making that determination. Is this, is this person a red or are they a yellow? Yeah. So, and so in, you, in may, like a, you may have to risk traveling to find a doctor or it might be really expensive, but it's worth it because if I don't go, they're going to die. So yeah. having having that knowledge of vital signs to tell if somebody's sick or not would be imperative in that yeah. situation. Sure. And you can really do a lot of uh, uh, internal investigation or the best you can yeah. without having equipment by well, knowing those. those. I um, monitored. My wife was... Really, she got COVID, and actually, somebody uh, came and visited our house. That it, my wife had had not gotten COVID the whole time through the whole thing, right? Like two, you know, year and a half, two years into it. And um, they say that still, I think it was the O O blood types that were less likely to get it or, or positive. And she says she's got some tough German genes in her, you know. But uh, <laughs> but but some people came yeah, over yeah. to stay with us that had just gotten boosted. It's okay to talk about this stuff. No, they had they had just you can't gotten catch something you don't believe in. They had, they had just gotten um, boosted, right? Because they were going to go on a trip, and and they were here at our house, and all of a sudden, my wife gets sick, and she got sick, sick, sick mm. with this COVID. I, I think it was because of the booster to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, and I didn't want to take. We she didn't want to go to the hospital at the time. The big thing was is if we're we're just going to put you in on, on a respirator, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like she didn't want to go on a respirator. No, and so I was monitoring her vitals, and I was I was literally, you know, every every hour writing down vitals and watching her blood oxygen, and she was you know, and I, and I, I would I wasn't like we were I wasn't I wasn't keeping her from medical. I mean, she would yeah. she we were on the same page. She was <laughs> like, "Do I need to go?" And I'm like, "I think you're okay," but we got right there to where it was like. Yeah. It was tough, but by knowing how to monitor those vitals and what the the, the appropriate levels are, um, I was able to take care of her, and, and she got be- she got better. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to go in. So, yeah. and yeah. so one of those uh, what do they call that pulse oximeter? Pulse, pulse oximeter. Yeah, it's telling. It's talking about how much oxygen your body is is getting into your into your blood. Mm-hmm. So if you're at 100, percent that means that you know your blood has as much oxygen as you can get in it. And those are like $19 on Amazon. Oh, yeah. did you look one up? No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, it might, it might be a little... They're pretty cheap. Yeah, they're not that expensive. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. cheap. But yeah, but but it's a nice tool to have. Yeah, so that, a stethoscope, a pre, uh, BP yep. cuff. cuff. I mean, you're Blood not going to find that in a, a medical uh, kit. No, right? depends. So those are, those are things. Yeah, depends. Yeah, but, but those, yeah, I mean... Those really are nice things to have, though. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just to take uh, your normal vitals, yep. Just things to think about because, like, like I said, with a few things that aren't overly expensive, it's it costs more for the knowledge I think than it does for the actual stuff, and then it gives you a lot of peace of mind to be able to stay home when maybe you think you should go, yeah. and it, it gives you the sick or not sick. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a, I'll get on my uh, website. I'll get a little blog on, uh, make a blog post with some recommended stuff that I would tell people to put in their oh. kits in like a, what, like a tier one, two and three, like, you know, buy these first. And then if you can afford it, buy these and then buy these. Okay. What, what is the website real quick? Project two, two, three.com. All right. In my head, a lot, all of medical 
is risk sorcery. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Voodoo. Uh, Voodoo magic. It's risk reward analysis. That's everything in medicine. It's like, at what point do we need to move a patient to the next level of treatment? Are you, if, if someone. Mike's going to be like the guy from Along Came Polly, where he like <laughs> avoids like pot, not potholes, but yeah. manhole covers. And but but that's what it is, <laughs> okay. is risk reward. Like you're talking about COVID earlier. And it's like a lot of people got the vaccine because they were maybe afraid they would die if they're elderly. But then it's like, well, if you're young and healthy, what's your risk reward? Are you more likely to die from COVID or are you more likely to maybe the rest of your life have a reaction due to something inside your body, right? And understanding this stuff, what is the risk reward of having a high blood pressure compared to a low pressure due to either going into shock or you're overweight and you're battling these things, right? So understanding where your body sits helps you determine what what maybe is a correct course of action? When is it worth risking the situation of going to the hospital is dangerous because of roaming marauders compared to, oh, I'm a little sick. My vitals seem okay. Let's wait this out and see what happens. Well, and it's not cheap either, right? Medical care is not cheap oh, these yeah. days. So you take no. an ambulance ride to the hospital and it's, you know, two, two or $3,000, right? Yeah. Just yeah. The, just I'm telling there. somebody, I'm like, yeah, it's like, you don't need to go in an ambulance to the hospital. I want an ambulance ride i want to get in the back door and get in line first i'm like you're just you're just yeah. and you know and i you know hospitals I now you're <coughs> not getting in the door right away no. you don't know through an ambulance so think yeah. about this we're in good times right now and our ambulance and our aid cars will sit there for could sit there for two three hours with the patient before they can even hand them off to the nurses Damn. yes and they're triaging everything right yeah i mean the person that comes in that's having the heart attack they go to the front of the line the person that comes in that's got a tummy ache you know for two hours and you know they're going to sit and wait until it's their turn, right? So they'll they're always triage and stuff. Yeah. Damn. <sighs> but yeah. once again, it just goes back to your brain's the best thing. Like yeah. you understanding where your body's sitting due to the knowledge you've learned, how to use these tools to take your vitals, understanding what real sickness is and minor sickness is. Yeah. I mean, the more and we said it earlier, it's hard to know everything, but the more I feel you kind of immerse yourself in these things and expose yourself, it leads to exposure of other things. Understanding that risk reward, risk mitigation, how sick is someone? What is the danger of this current situation I'm in? Yep. Yep. And then knowing, right? Having, having skills, um, knowing how to do stuff, having the knowledge and then having the gear that you need. Just keep going back to that, right? Okay. So yeah. So so that's the medical side of stuff. Uh, I mean, we could sit here and talk about yeah, it for, yeah, yeah. for the rest sure. of the night. Yeah. I was uh, actually going to suggest that we take a pee break and then get into ham radio. Or do you have do you have something else you want to? No, no, talk? we can we can do that. I mean, these guys bladders these days <laughs> so small. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll got, be right back. They're serving Jello out the cafeteria. Oh, as perfect. Well. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right, we're going pee. <laughs> All right, we're back. And we were talking about getting into ham radio here right before the break, but then uh, talking at the break, the concept of an area study came up, which is also very interesting. So let's, uh, Brent, you want to kind of talk us through that a little bit for a sure, minute? Sure, sure. Well, yeah, so, you know, you think about all the different scenarios, and um, I, don't know, I like reading 
preparedness fiction, like love it. Po- post-apocalyptic yep. disaster thrillers. Movie. I was just going to say nothing yeah. better than a disaster movie. No, yeah. And, and and yeah, whether you're watching the movies or books, um, some of the good ones, if you don't mind, I'll plug a few of them. But like, um, go for the, it. The two ninety nine days book series, Glenn Tate. Glenn is Tate's a, good. That's yeah. a great series to read. Um, Matt Bracken is awesome, and he's got the Enemies Foreign and Domestic series, and he's got a bunch of other books. Um, he's a great author, good one I like. Um, one Second After by William Fortune. All of those books. One Second, One Year, yeah. Five Years, he's and The Final it. Stand. Those are all really There's good. a series, and then this new one that just came out. It's called the Black Autumn um, book series, and it's like, uh, I think, 10, 10 books, and they actually have a, a miniseries that's coming out. There's going to be a movie and then a miniseries. It's called Homestead. And it's oh. uh, Angel Studios is doing it. So, yeah, and that's it's book based. On, it's a movie based on the books. But the reason why I like those is because they give you these scenarios, and these a lot of these authors are so um, creative, right? But they 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 paint these pictures that you would never think of, right? And you've heard of the term nor- normalcy bias, mm-hmm. yes, right? And that's the that's the bias that that people have that. You know, the way things have been the day before and the day before yeah. is the way they're going to be tomorrow. Meat comes from a grocery store. Yeah, yeah. I can go to the store. I, I want to get some food. I go. I can. I, I can't even decide where to go eat, and there's 10, there's 10 restaurants, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. What do I want, right? <laughs> and you can't decide. Um, I flip the electrical switch, on my, and my lights come on. I open the, the tap, and the water comes on. But, but what happens when that doesn't happen, right? I and flush so, the toilet and the poop goes away. So that's, that's normalcy <laughs> bias. But so, so then you think about all these different scenarios. And, um, and so part of, the, part of our preparedness plan is doing an area study. And so an area study basically is you go through and study your area, right? You start talking about, um, okay, where are the medical facilities, right? I, I always go to the Everett Clinic, but is there somewhere else that's that's that has medical supplies like if i wasn't able to get there you know some some strip malls have these little um you know medical clinics have you seen those before where they're just a little walk-in thing so so if you knew like in my area where all the different places where they have medical supplies and medical people that are there um water where does my water come from i don't know faucet faucet, okay where does it come from before there right if we were in the city of everett comes from spade a lake goes down you, you go by the trestle you drive over the trestle and you see those giant pipes well those are the water pipes coming down from spade a lake is that public information like can you just well, look up like yeah. where does oh, yeah. snohomish yeah. county yeah. pud get? on the on the oh, map yeah. it says you know everett water district okay owns everything around spade yeah. okay or you know yeah, but I mean, you have to do a little, but see, that's the thing is you need to do a little research. A lot of people don't know, right? Maybe somebody lives on a well. Well, guess what? When the power goes out, which I've never lived on a well before, before li- moving up bastards. here. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, power goes out and we don't have any water. Yeah. <laughs> I, better, pump, I yeah. better set up a generator system where it's easy to hook the generator up so that I can power my well, my well pump. Or maybe I have a two, two ways to do it. Maybe I have electrical generators. And then maybe I also have a, a backup a manual pump that you can put on the well, mm-hmm. right? And, and we talked about this before, I think, is that we have, I have what we call a PACE plan, right? PACE plan stands for Primary, Alternate, Contingency, and Emergency. And it originally was kind of developed for the military for comms, mm-hmm. for comms plans. But, but I like to apply that to a lot of different areas in preparedness. So <clears throat> for your water, what's your primary source for your water, right? Faucet. Yeah, it's going to be turned on your faucet, right? What if that doesn't work? What's your alternate? Berkey filter filled up from the lake. 
Okay. And then contingency emergency, I'm killing my neighbors and <clears throat> taking their <laughs> Some kind of plan, though, right? But you yep. got if you think about these things ahead of time, yep. then when, when the trouble comes, you're ready for it, right? Yes. And so, so the area study would be, okay, where's my water come from? Where's an alternate source of water? You know, is there, is there a place where there's a, is there a stream, uh, a spring or a stream somewhere or a lake that I can go to? Um, so that's so that's important part of an area study. Um, water, you know, and then then like what other resources are in my area? Like, is, is where's the police station at? Yeah. Where's the fire? Where's the fire stations at? Um, fire stations have emergency generators, and I always wonder because I remember one winter the power was out in the neighborhood, and the guys had the bay doors open and the generators running, and all the lights are on and the heat's on. I'm like, you guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a little sensitivity here. These people are freezing next door. <laughs> guys are in shorts. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but I wondered if, if we washed in the trucks with their shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, cold snap. <laughs> but if, you know, if, if the power's out for a long period of time, well, that, you know, fire departments are set up to be, you know, self kind of self-sufficient. So I wouldn't doubt that there'd be people showing up at the door, knocking on the door like, hey, yeah. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any heat. You know, when we power. So, so yeah, so, so that's what area study is, is. It's going through, figuring out where the resources are. And there's books out there. Um, Sam Culper, his name, real name's Mike Shelby, but he's put out a bunch of books um, on that. And what's his, his company? I think it's called Gray Zone something or other. But, but Mike Shelby is the guy's name. And um, he's put out books at okay. area studies. There's a, uh, another guy who's got, uh, he was like a Sears school trainer. Um, I can't remember the name of his book for the life of me. Something Michael, I thought. Um, does that, I, whatever, doesn't matter. What, you, what he talks about is uh, the the secondary areas, right, where you can't stay home and, you know, say you got pushed out, um, civil, unru- whatever, whatever have you, right? Um, to look at um, Airbnbs that are, owned oh, by corporations so you can look at you, you know nobody's going to be there you know nobody's going to be there it's not it's a, somebody who owns 12 <laughs> of them yep. they can't be at all of them and see know. that's a i hadn't thought about that but that's a great point in your area study you just go on airbnb or vrbo and like mm-hmm. look up all the vacation rentals in your in your in your neck of the woods and and you get guys that are working their way towards your house and you want to stay i know i have an airbnb just adjacent to my property um yeah. you know so mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can look at that and then look at, at that point you're doing a little bit less of a, um uh area study for for people, but more of land uh, and yeah. what the land has for yep. water, springs. Yeah. All kinds uh, of resources, yeah. Yeah, so there's. Yep. And then I would have maps printed of your location. Like I think it's my topo is where I got that one, but yep. I was able to put my house location in the center of a giant um, topographic map. And then I also had one made in the photographic. So it's like, you know, Google, Google maps, but in photo mode, right? Satellite mode. Yep. Mytopo.org. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get those made. I have those on my wall. And if, you know, if I, as I do research and stuff, I know where certain things are and have a plan, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a, I think, that ha- having a plan for bugging out, bugging it, or hunker you whatever. There's so many different terms for all this stuff. Sure, but what do you think as far as um, so what what would be a scenario that you would feel you'd need to leave your home? Because obviously, let's, I think the best scenario. I'm sorry. No, I was to say think think Re- like the earthquake, man. right? What if what if your home 
collapses in the earthquake. Yeah. My well, home you, was built in 1970. It ain't going to collapse. <laughs> well, you look here in the, in, the, in the handout I gave you, right? But it's, we're talking about family disaster plan. And so to have one. And so what we talk about with, with our guys is, is that there's three different kind of scenarios you get want to look at. The one is sheltering in place during some kind of a large-scale disaster. And then the second one is going to be you need to evacuate your, your home. And so this would be like, say, a, a house fire or um, flooding or a tree through your roof in a, in a major storm. Okay, so they, your, your neighborhood's safe, but, but you can't be in your house anymore. And then the next and the last one would be you got to leave the region. So think about what are some things where you'd want to, you know, have to stay shelter in place, large-scale disasters, right? So winter storms, um, civil unrest, breakdown of the rule of law, cyber attacks, terrorists, pandemic, earthquake, right? Those are all things that would, would, could, you know, cause problems throughout your region, but you're just going to stay home in your home, right? And so then when it comes to the, you know, abandon your home, this, that would be a situation like we talked about, tree through the house, a fire, flooding from burst pipes. I don't know if you guys saw here recently when we had our, our major freeze, we went on, I went on at least 15 different apartment complexes where the, where the water, the sprinkler lines burst. Oh, jeez. And we would come rolling up. You'd see three floors of water falling coming down their, yeah. their um, that, decks, and we'd have to shut the water off to the sprinkler system, drain the pipe real quick. And I'm looking at these families, and their home is just completely flooded. Soaked. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, there's nothing else I can do for you, and we're going to the next call, and it's yeah. doing the same thing. I mean, they were, I probably was in at least 30 units where their whole house was flooded. And what the temperature was like? Oh yeah, and it's in the yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's teens starting to warm up, but so those are those are situations where you you couldn't stay in your home, and people just say, oh, "I'm not leaving no matter what." Well, there may be a time when you have to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the and then the last one would be having to leave the region. So these would be things like a nuclear device going off, um, wildfires, um, some type of hostile invasion by a you know outside <laughs> United Nations force, what? and uh, civil unrest. Right. So people say, "Well, I'm I'm not leaving," but if 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 a dirty bomb went off. Say it, you know, uh, somebody sailed a yeah, sailboat in, yeah. you know, to the to Puget Sound, and that was in one of those that book, um, Black Autumn. Um, these terrorists sailed a, a nuclear device across the Pacific, went right into Long Beach Harbor, and and it blew up, and so that whole area was, you know, contamination, and people were freaking out and and hauling butt out of the out of the area. Well, it was it was a nightmare. What happened? Where where we are, there are so because we have the Cascade Mountains that sort of segregate us from the interior of the country yeah there are very limited what we have north cascades stevens pass Mm i-90 white pass i-84 so there's there's only five options in washington state to get east of the mountains and Mm -hmm. that yeah imagine imagine that crush of humanity traffic gridlock people running out of gas so so you're not getting there exactly so then then you got to start thinking about what kind of vehicle would I need to use the alternative routes over the mountains? There aren't which, any. No, there well, are. Uh, there you're, are you're talking quite like a few. Logging roads or logging roads. There's, you know, two. You track, guys were talking about knowing what's around around you. Private airports. I've talked. Private airport is uh, the number yeah. one. Or a boat. We <laughs> have a one right boat. next. I know to a guy who's got a saltwater boat. <laughs> yes, you do, my friend. <laughs> And so the, and unless you think about this stuff ahead of time, right? Like you just said, if you think about this stuff ahead of time and you have that as part of your plan, then you're, you're ahead of the game, right? Yeah. You, you don't want to be dependent on 
other things and other yep. people. All right, so, so Kozak's got the boat, which means, Jordan, we got to get to work on our plane. Well, yeah, exactly. This is an airport so right we down could, there. We, <laughs> could, we could land a bush plane right out here in the grass been, at Electric North. I've just North. been flying the oh simulator for yeah. fucking weeks now. <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator, here I go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. The but barefoot yeah, but, bandit. But think about it. You're building your team. Recruit a pilot. Yeah. Right? Find somebody. Hey, anybody know a pilot? Yeah. Well, gotta, it's on both of our, like, short-term goal list to get uh, private pilot's license. Oh, yeah. we. It's funny because this gym, we talk about it all the time, and the the people that we got the people uh-huh. that come into this place is yeah. it's just absolutely unbelievable um so yeah we we got a guy for all that we got uh-huh. a pilot i think there's a couple doctors one doctor they uh, actually shaman uh, no big deal yeah we got a shaman <laughs> uh a doctor that was exported or mm-hmm. <laughs> however you want to call it but uh deported from, deported exported deported yeah. same difference right uh, to Canada, because <laughs> <'Cause laughs> right. they need more doctors up there. Because you know the way their healthcare system set up. Well. Uh, I mean, we just we got it all. Yeah. So it's just hopefully uh, we start putting that together and start utilizing that. Because well, I'd cur- we and I'd encourage everybody out there listening, build build a group, build a team. And so there's and we talked about that earlier a little bit too. Was was prepare for your family. So we're talking about all that. But also, too, like getting to know the people in your neighborhood. So part of the area study, right? And I, I handed you guys that one flyer. It's called Map Your Neighborhood. Yep. Well, this is a program that they that they made locally here and um, Washington State Emergency Management. But there's there's all kinds of ways to do that. But basically, this this was a this one here says gives you the steps to go around and it and you get to know your neighbors. You you talk to them, figure out who they are, what kind of skills they got. You tell them, hey, and it's it could be as simple as this, right? You make a little flyer and you, and you put it on people's doorknobs, you know, or in their mailboxes. You know, hey, my name is Brent and I'm concerned about, you know, disasters and natural emergencies. And I want to be a resource to my neighbors and I have some skills and, and I, I'd like to get to know you. If you're interested in being a part of, of our group, you know, can, you can call it a, you know, a neighborhood association. You call it a block watch, do whatever you want, right? I like militia. <laughs> neighborhood <laughs> protection team, but 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 you don't. You can do it in a non-scary way, yeah. Right, yeah. And just because somebody's not like-minded as you, that doesn't matter. You you still want to make friends with those people. Like I have a couple neighbors who were. They still you know, have stuff we want to take on so. a different different <laughs> side of the political <laughs> spectrum as me. But guess what? I I maintain a, a friendly relationship with them. I don't give away all of my, you know, personal beliefs necessarily, but I want to know who they are and they're, and they're helpful people. And then they've done things for me that I've, when I've had needs, you know, because think too, you think, okay, I got this plan. I'm going to barricade off these streets and and turn my neighborhood into a, you know, with roadblocks. But guess what? If you get people in in your, that little neighborhood area that aren't on board with you, it's going to be difficult. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to question your authority. They're not going to want to let you do that not only that but are you going to man the roadblock 24 7 is exactly right okay so if you build those relationships ahead of time and 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 have and know the people in your neighborhood if somebody's a a jerk well guess what you have that written down this guy's an asshole right (laughs) so (laughs) no i know that now he could be a problem down the road sorry bill you're not coming in (laughs) yeah i don't know todd yeah you've been uh come from margo but yeah, but so anyways, yeah, so the Map Your Neighborhood's a good program, but but anything you could do to build up those relationships around your home. Block party. Yeah. Well, strength in numbers is, well, yeah, yeah that's you, that key. Yep. And think about this. So the earthquake hits, um, you know, the, the police can't get into your area. You can't get out of the area. 
you've got all your, your food and your supplies and stuff, and you've got your generator, but nobody else does in your neighborhood. Yeah. Then they're and, and they see, they start getting thin, you know, and their, their house is dark and cold and you're over there, you staying nice and fat and your, and your lights are on and they see smoke coming out of your Jimmy and they're going to be like, Hey, this guy's got stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so you need to build those friendships and with them first and hopefully encourage them. Hey, are you prepared for disaster or some emergencies? Oh uh, no. Hey, did you ever think about storing up some extra food? Right. If you could get your neighbors all around you prepared, now you've just built a little bubble. They have people you don't have to worry about and that can help you and you can help them too. So. I feel like too, we're also in a weird time where it's like you have polar opposites. You have people that are either thinking about this, thinking that the world kind of seems complex and chaotic at the moment. And this is something we should be planning for. But then also in that same manner, it's also pushing people further away saying that, the system is what we all depend on and that you guys are the problem, right? And I think where you break those barriers down is really starting to know your neighbor, yep. just putting out that olive branch and just talking, being friendly, getting to know your the person next to you and letting them know that you're a decent human being and that you're here for them. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go and remodel their kitchen, but no, you can. <laughs> but you're there just, I mean, just yeah. a simple hello can change the way someone views you. Build, well, shoot, build when, a when, horseshoe course. Have them invite them over exactly. for some horseshoe. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, we had, we had a windstorm here last year, and, um, and a bunch of trees fell, and I heard all these chainsaws up behind me in the neighborhood. So I got in my gator and I got my chainsaws and some tools and I drove up there and people were, had their driveways blocked. Hey, can I give you a hand? They're like, who are you? I live, I'm your neighbor. I live over here. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Joe. Hey, Joe, help him clear his driveway. And now, you know, and I did that for three or four different people. And then my friend who's part of the neighborhood goes, yeah, they were talking about you at the, at the homeowners association meeting. And I go, yeah. And he goes there, I'll talk about what a great guy you are. And you're over here helping. Well, now you've built some capital. You've built some trust there. And if you have a need or your family has a need, guess what? Can I borrow some sugar? Honey? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, but no, you know, you try to try to do what you can. Be smart, you know. we gotta be, we got to be smart about things. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Jordan. Um, so, so you building on that, uh, you've gone and done a sur area survey. What, what would be the next step in, like, I mean, obviously, we're kind of jumping around yeah, yeah. significantly. Well, let's go back to our thing, right? So we talked about the, the sheltering in place, and that's kind of what we were hitting on, right? Yeah. So, so your, your, your needs, that are the most important needs, right? Food, water, right? Some type of shelter. And, 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 and have you ever heard the rule of threes before? Can I, can I ask you a couple questions about food? Yes, please. What, what uh, I don't have all the money in the world to buy freeze-dried everything Spam. and like all exactly right what there's nope. a there's a allegedly i spent some time at costco and accidentally spent <laughs> 750 dollars on a whim on oh, geez, random stuff right exactly it's nothing <laughs> but it was like me and my buddy were joking about end times this is like three years ago and we're joking and then all of a sudden we leave work one day and we're like we should go to costco and then like we fill up this uh, a little push cart thing and yeah, it was like seven hundred something bucks, and it was yeah. like, 
I, I'm going to need some trading spices. I'm going to need salt. I'm going <laughs> to <Jeez>. need, <laughs> you the know, Indian spice companies been read. Yeah. Yeah. hundred pounds of salt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make some beef jerky. Um, well, see, and that's why you got to have a plan. Yeah. It all starts with a plan, right? So I talk about when it comes to food, I have three, a three part plan. I'll have the three month preparedness pantry. You're, you're, and then I have two weeks supply of portable food. Mm-hmm. And then a one-year supply of long storage staples, right? Like so th- MRE type stuff, <clears throat> well, or like let's, rice. Let's, let's, well, let me tell you. So, so the first thing you do is you is with think about the foods that you normally eat. Like how how much food do you have in your house right now? How long do you think you could go? We're talking pepperoni sticks or whatever. whatever. How many months could you could you survive I'm eating at, out of I'm, what's in I your pantry? I think I'm about four. Four months. Yeah, that's nice. Most people. I'm, I'm homeless, so yeah, yeah. But but, so, but you think about it, right? You my can... kitchen's not complete. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I have so much food. Yeah. But I don't so have a kitchen to cook it in. So if the plan, so what I see with, with the three month pantry is, is that look at the foods that you normally eat, you and your family, right? And you, if you go buy weird stuff, guess what? You're not going to want to eat it. So I had, you know, went and bought a bunch of Vienna sausages and, you know, and the spam. spam well, how much? Yeah. Ridiculous. Spam is delicious. It's, I don't know why people knock it. It's meat that will Slice last a long time. It's so good. But if you're not going to eat it, right? It's like eventually you're just going to be like, okay. But so, so figure out what you and your family eat every, every day and then just start buying a little extra. So the beauty of that is, is that if you start building up, like, you know, I've got, you know, rows of mustard, rows of ketchup, rows of hot sauce, rows of, you know, and, and so for those things, like it'll allow you to buy them on sale. If you buy, you know, look for sales. Um, it also keeps you from having to make, Oh, I got to, we're making tacos when I don't have any refried beans. I got to make a special trip to the store. Right. So if you have extra stuff there and, and if something weird goes on then you don't have to, you could you know, stand and not have to go to the store for a while. So just each time, norm, say you normally buy, you know, two cans of refried beans because we're making tacos. Mm-hmm. By four. By, by six, by four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to buy too many more, but just slowly start buying a little extra and then and then you just start stocking those on your shelves, right? And then also always rotate it, so put the new stuff in the back. And what I do is I look at the date on the can and I'll take a Sharpie and I'll write it on there. Like if it says, uh, you know, February of 2025, I'll, I'll write 225 in big letters so I can look at it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but remember those dates on cans and stuff like that? That's, That's like a suggestion. Yeah, it's yeah. Best Buy, so yeah. they'll last a lot That's longer. Big can companies trying to sell products. <laughs> yeah, big <Yeah>. can, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> big but, can. So, but, but that's Rosarita, big refried bean, trying <laughs> yeah. to get you to cycle out your stock. Yeah, Boy. but buy buy food you normally eat, and then just start buying a little extra, and then and then eventually you get to that point where all of a sudden now, when you go to this, you know, you buy, you go to buy it, and you've got you've got it on the shelf there. Um, certain things you may say, well, I, what about bread? My bread won't last three months, or milk. Well, for those type of things that are perishable, find, yeah, find things exactly, find ways to make them. So have the ingredients to make bread, mm-hmm. you know, maybe have some dehydrated milk or powdered milk yeah, that, and that you can substitute. So that's, that's one of the things that I really like, you know, I, I like Costco for, I like those big companies for, Winco. because you can, yeah. Winco, great. Yeah. Uh, but it, it allows you to buy, um, the, it, like I was saying, vinegar, you don't think. The, the uses for vinegar is ridiculous. The yeah. uses for honey is yeah. medicinal and for, you know. Honey will last forever. Yeah, and it'll, it'll <laughs> last forever, right? Yep. So you can buy five-gallon buckets of honey at Costco, and, you know, that, that is a legit thing that sure. you'll need. You can use it for sweetener. You can use it for cuts. You can use it for all 
manners of things. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, so we talked about the three-month pantry. And then I say two, a two-week portable food supply. So this would be like your mountain house meals or your ready refill. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, because if I need to leave, if I do need to, to take off, you can grab those and throw them in your car and go. Mm-hmm. And if I've got a jet boil or with MREs, you don't even need to heat water. But if I got a jet boil and some water, and now I'm good to go. So that's why I like having that two-week emergency supply that you can just grab and go. Bonus with MREs, you don't even need a toilet because you won't shit <laughs> once a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There he is, thinking about poop again. Uh, and and sample those and try them because I get a lot of guys that would buy this stuff, the ones at Costco, and then I had some friends that use them quite a bit, and they're like, these are horrible, and they yeah. totally stopped you up where yeah, there was a MREs different, are awful. different I, brand. We, is we would, a lot better. We would have to get fuel. deep into the apocalypse before I would eat another MRE. Peak fuel. Uh, pretty good. Those mountain house ones. I like mountain house. The peak peak fuel are peak the are better. Compa- are they really? The yeah. Peak fuel. I uh, love those things, man. I think uh, I might have heard that from you, and I ended up buying a whole bunch. I'm a, I'm a fan. They're good. Do nice. they make Do I'm they make a, a biscuits and gravy? They do. That one, but it's amazing. like it, but it yeah. looks like an actual a biscuit real in there. biscuit. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's right. yeah. They're they're yeah. good. Check it out. Peak fuel. And then okay, stuff. so you said uh, your three. What was it? Three months? Two months? Three months? Three months? Three months? And then two weeks? Two weeks? And then you said. And then the last one is your is your one year staples. So this would be like your buckets of of rice, buckets of beans, five garb. Yeah, exactly. So it's real simple. Um, Winco Foods. You go in there. They sell white food grade buckets with a little lid. Um, you get, and they actually have the Mylar bags too. I just get them on Amazon, but you can get the five gallon Mylar bags and then you buy the oxygen, oxygen absorbers. Okay. And so, um, you take a, a bag, a 25 pound bag of rice fits perfect in one. You put the Mylar bag in there, you dump the rice in it. And, and then I'll freeze stuff first for a couple of days because that helps kill some of the, you know, the bugs that might be oh. in there, the weevils, but yeah. Oh, and drives moisture. Flour. Too, right? and, I didn't know rice. that. Yeah. I'll throw it in the freezer for, you know, deep freezer for a couple of days before I do it. Um, but then, but then you dump that in, you put the oxygen absorbers in and then there's, you can, you can Google it. I, f- I forget off the top of my head. I think it's 200 cc's per gallon, um, of the oxygen absorbers that you need. Yeah. A lot of the time they'll, they'll come with the Mylar bags. Like yes, you buy sometimes. them on Amazon. Yeah. You can buy different sizes of them. Yeah. Right. Um, but you put the oxygen absorbers in there, um, get as much of the air out as you can, but, and then you can seal them. You just take a hair straightener or an iron and just put a two by four across that bucket. You fold it over. You can use the hair straightener to seal it, or you can just use the iron on top of that mylar bag, oh. and it and it seals it up. And then the oxygen absorber will take the oxygen out, and then it actually kind Vacuum of will, seal it yeah, it bit. starts it sucks it down, and that'll last for twenty years. And so, you put rice is good, red beans is good, and the reason why they talk about that there's a some kind of protein that. When you eat those together, it's got like a some type of whole corn, bean, and rice together. I think is that trifecta. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it meets a lot of your nutritional needs, um, and then and then uh, I put um, pancake mix, instant pancake mix in oh, there. That's a good idea. Yeah, um, gonna need some Mrs. Um, butter oats. Too. <laughs> you know, oats, um, and then you can get you can go a little bit further. You can get wheat berries. And then if you have a grinder, if you buy a grinder and you get wheat berries, they'll store for a long time, longer than just flour, and then you can make your own flour. Now, so, so I mean, that's that's a really good idea as well. Well, uh, and, and here's the beauty is that, is that you have all those extra staples. What that will do is that will allow you to – so say you have your staples, all of a sudden something hits, and you're not going to be able to get food at the store for another six months. Well, now with those extra staples, you're able to stretch your three-month pantry out 
a lot longer. Say I've got those cans of chicken from Costco and I've got the cans of beef. Well, now I make up my red beans and rice and between me and my family, yeah, we put a thing, a can of chicken in there. Taco Tuesday, baby. Yeah. Right. And so that's, so that's why I like the one year supply in the, in the buckets, you know, you can get freeze dried stuff and you can buy commercially made stuff, but it's easy just to do your own. That's a good point because I've, I, I have the, the two week go kind of thing and I have the three month kind of thing of food, but I don't really have a solid one year staple of things. And I think, I don't know. I heard a thing a long time ago. You got a couple horses, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where I was going. Jordan's got 200 pounds worth of meat dogs. (laughs) But that's what I heard a long time ago. A guy was talking about the apocalypse and he's like, if it happens, the only thing I'm doing is I'm stocking 22 bullets because the amount of dogs and cats that are going to be running wild. (laughs) And, but it makes you think it's like, if something really did happen, the protein thing is something that would bug me a lot because it's like, yes, rice and bean and corn is nice to have, but I like meat Steak. and fats and yeah. stuff like that. Well, you have chickens, right? So yes, you have I have chickens, chickens. And then you start going down the rabbit hole. I got two turkeys that need to die. The too, rabbit, right? rabbit hole? Rabbits? Rabbits, yeah. exactly. That's actually so that's, <laughs> that, uh, well, then, And then that's kind of like the tier three for us on food supply is being able to produce your own food. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, you, everybody should be doing some type of gardening right now. Yes. Gardener. And people are like, oh, well, I'll just store these seeds, and then when the, when the shit hits a fan, I'll pull these then out. And three Guess months what? later. It's I'll hard <laughs> to grow stuff, man. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to grow stuff. And me and my wife did a big garden this year, and we're digging these potatoes out of the ground, and I'm like... If people looked at us, they go, "Why don't you go to Costco and buy a bag for ten bucks?" And you're you're spending all these hours digging, but yeah. we're trying to learn how to do it. Yeah. It's hard. It's a. It takes a while to become a green. And my wife's awesome. She's been canning stuff. We had a meal the other day. We had pork from our pigs. The spaghetti, the sauce on the spaghetti was canned tomatoes. My wife had done. They made with our eggs. They made egg noodles, and the salad was lettuce from our garden. It was mm-hmm. like, it's almost everything from our, our own yard. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is pretty that, cool. That is my dream to have a big party uh, and have people bring things that they have grown or killed or, you know, whatever. That's cool, yeah. Um, and have like a Thanksgiving kind of feast. Yeah, but people say, well, I just live in a, in a neighborhood. I don't have room. That's baloney, man. I got We got guys in our group that they've got a, just a little deck off the back of their split-level house, and mm-hmm. they're growing potatoes in bags, and they're growing beans on and poles and stuff, and mm-hmm. you can grow stuff. Yeah, I built like a little Small vertical areas. potato box last uh, last summer, and it actually grew a shitload of little... They're tiny. They're like little... Yeah, skillet-sized. Yeah. yeah, Mexican yeah. nachos, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give a quick side note. You said you had your own tomato sauce from your tomatoes. Okay, so this is the first year I ever did it where we had way too many tomatoes this year, and I can way too much tomato sauce, but the green tomatoes, if you pickle those and can them, they are better than any pickle you will ever have in your life, and it goes on like hot dogs, like a chutney or something. Green tomatoes pickled from your own garden yeah. is well, life changing. Which brings pick- me back to vinegar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Pickled yeah. carrots and pickled green beans and stuff yep. like that, oh. which goes into like now you have like barter. You know what I mean? So if you have like things like coffee, whiskey, pickled vegetables in jar- you know, in jars and stuff, now you have fucking a insulin. Insulin, yeah. yeah. Uh, fucking yeah. math. Ooh, That's speaking of things you can make yourself, um. <laughs> green thumbs and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. So we kind of beat uh, beat gardening to death. 
I want to talk a little bit about communication because that's another big one. And ham radio is so like people think of radios as like this big advanced technology and it's really very basic and pretty easy if you take, I don't know, 12, 24 hours worth of actual study time to kind of figure it out for yourself. And so one of the things I want to get set up is I want to put an aerial, there's a big tree in my front yard. I want to put an aerial up it and I want to get some sort of base station set up either in the basement or the garage. And so my first question to you is how powerful, like is 25 watt transmitter, is that enough for a base station? Do you go higher than that? What, what is your recommendation for a transmit power on a base station? Well, it's like, like everything else, right? You got to think of threat model and use case. Mm -hmm. So what are you, what are you trying to do? Who are you trying to talk to? Are you trying to talk, you trying to hit repeaters or are you trying to talk simplex? So you understand the difference between the, yes. Yes. So I want to be able to explain it, please. Okay. So two way radios, right? The way they operate is, is they're either going radio to radio, right? So you got a transmitter and a receiver. So a receiver, everybody knows a receiver is just like a, your regular old radio. Transmitters where you can actually talk into it, okay? So um, if you're talking radio to radio, then you're very limited in your, in your range that you get. Um, but the, the way that you talk a long ways is by using repeaters. Right. So we're talking here, we're talking VHF, UHF. So it, you know, GMRS or FRS, you don't need a license. Well, you can need a license for GMRS, but it's just pay 35 bucks and you get the license. You don't have to study for it. Right. Um, but, but by using repeaters, it's just like the police of the fire. They have these towers or up on top of a mountain, and so your radio talks to that tower, and then it gets rebroadcast out in a right. big direction. On a plus so, or negative 5 hertz usually, right? Uh, or, or 6, depending on if you're, okay. you know, what you're at, but okay. 0.6. But so, so for you, you got to decide who I want to talk to. So for me, I'll give you my example. I'm at, I want to talk to the guys in my group. My, t my mutual assistance group. So we're Snohomish County. So between the Cultus Mountain GMRS repeater and the Tiger Mountain GMRS repeater, I can talk to people up in Blaine. I've talked to people in Blaine. I've talked to people down in Black Diamond and Spanaway and yeah. down that far south. Yeah. That's off just hitting those repeaters. And so, so for you, it, de it depends on how far. I've done that on so just I a regular 5-watt handheld. I can talk to those but it's, it's hit and miss, it seems like. So I, I have at times been able to hit Tiger Mountain with a 5-watt handheld. Sure. But depending on atmospherics, you don't know yeah. where you're standing. Exactly. Trees. Exactly. Terrain, so you're like, hey, right. I, want, I want to make it I want to know a lot shit, more. Like so yeah, very, so 25 watts, not bad. That's not bad. And then getting it's all about having a good antenna, the right antenna, and then getting it some elevation because mm -hmm. it's you know line of sight. So if sure. your antenna can see the other antenna, then it's going to be better. So is it a bad move to put an antenna in a like a thick fir tree that has a bunch of branches? No, as long as it that's gets okay. Above them, right? That's okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, stuff blocking it. But but yeah, no. I mean, if yeah, it's. I don't know that a tree. That's a good question. I don't think a tree is going to be too much of a issue for you. Usually, it'd be metal shielding that would yeah. block the. Because I don't necessarily want to advertise like a big aerial. <laughs> no, no, on no. My roof. Yeah. I want it so somewhat like. It's, it's not going to be covert, but I want it somewhat. You know, half-ass clandestine. Exactly, because think about this. And this, this talk. We go back to prepper fiction, right? Mm -hmm. There was this one book I was reading, and the 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 uh, gangs that were taken over, they found the the guy with the, all the antennas on his house. Yeah. So they came in and they held his wife and daughter at gunpoint and made him be their comms guy. 
right? So I don't like having antennas on my car either because it just is kind of saying, yeah. hey, this guy's got expensive stuff in his stuff. So here, here's um, a J-pole roll-up antenna. You can take this antenna and roll it, put it up in 20 feet up on a tree, and nobody's really going to see that. It's it's pretty. It's going to be pretty well hidden. Okay. And you can plug in and run. Is that, that. as effective as like the the hard aerial antenna that you know? So yeah, those, those okay. are good antennas. Yeah, okay. Those are good antennas. But like, say you can no, get. A, I'm saying, is that guy yeah. as effective? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It it just kind of depends. You have to try. It's it's. Sure. Talk about, voodoo, talk about voodoo magic. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, so definitely there's yeah. times yeah. when the atmospheric conditions help you. Um, it's weird. The weather changes things, but. Um, you can get like a GMRS antenna, so it's about a foot and a half long, um, fiberglass coated, and you'd have to mount it onto a rod, you know, a, a steel pole or whatever. Um, it was like a hundred bucks for yeah. for a GMRS antenna okay. specific, and you can get a UHF VHF antenna. And they're the one I have in my house. It's like about six feet long, and um, yeah, they're they're not they're hundred fifty bucks I think for one of those. But yeah, if you have if you have the ability to to mount it high, that's good. Okay, so let's. Um, but yeah, a 25, this, 25 this, watt, 40 watt, 50 watt, okay. that's about where you, you know, those are all good. I have a 40 watt um, GMRS base station set up yeah. and uh, it gets out real good. I was about to ask if it would work simplex around Snohomish County, but I guess, again, we're back to atmospherics, terrain, tree really? cover, yep. brush, you know what I mean? Yep, like, it's all no li line of sight, right? Yeah. So they say, oh, this radio will go four, 30 miles, yeah. right? That's yeah. if you're standing on a mountain. On water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? And so you, you're not going to get far simplex radio to radio. You know, you really got to learn to use repeaters. Okay. And so in my own little bit of experimentation, I found that even in heavily built-up areas, it seemed like VHF worked better than UHF, which my understanding is that UHF is better for penetrating barriers yeah. just because it's a, a shorter wavelength, higher or a higher frequency wave. Um, ha, do you have any sort of anecdotal? Well, yeah, same same with you. You know, I know what I know what they say, right? In right. more urban areas, I mean, in your UHF, experience, VHF, but yeah, you know what I do? I have a pace plan. Yeah, I'm just trying. I have my pace yeah. plan. I have I have multiple different options for for every single yeah. you know thing I'm okay. going to do. So we'll have different channels, and we have them all programmed, and we know that hey, this is we'll start with this one, and if that one's not working, we can try this one. You know, yeah. so we'll just work your way down the pace plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, I I've tried different ones. My my question to that is. I'm trying to get in contact with Tobin, vice versa, or Mike. And uh, <clears throat> the pace plan, is that an hourly? Like, how would you say? Because I don't want to miss uh, something yes. that's happening on a so different... So what I was going to suggest, if we use radios deer hunting, is that every hour on the hour, turn it on for five minutes. Yeah. If you hear nothing, yes. turn it back off. That there, way you're saving there, There's your a plan for that. Yeah. So yeah. The, well, there's, there's a bunch of different kinds that are out there. Um, there's one called the Wilderness Protocol. And then there's also the Channel Three Project, which is um, uh, which is a cool one that uh, Amron um, American Redoubt Radio Operators Network. John Jacob Schmidt, he's a cool dude over there, has a has a podcast and stuff. But they have a they have a radio operators network. But their Channel Three Project is Channel Three for two minutes every one hour, so three two one, right? And so they use FRS GMRS Channel Three, CB Channel Three, MERS Channel Three, and then I think it's 142.620 or something like that, is that VHF. The, is that one of the national call channels? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And so, so there, that's one plan. The Wilderness Protocol, I believe it's it says it starts at 7 a.m., 0700, and, and every three hours you check, and it's for five minutes at the top of the hour. Okay. 
Okay. So the reason why they do that is, is they say, well, like if you're being searched for in the woods and you have an emergency and you're lost, um, every three hours, cause you don't want to, you know, you don't, you don't want to waste your batteries by doing it too often. And then they say, so it'd be like seven o'clock, 10 o'clock, you know, one o'clock, four o'clock and then seven o'clock. And so they only do it during, during daylight hours. Oh, so it's not like, they don't, so they won't say, do it at night. What, where do they start? It starts at seven, yeah, seven, seven o'clock. Yeah. Every three hours until dusk. Yeah, exactly. While people are probably going to be searching for you, but here's the thing you can come up with your own plan because yeah. if everybody's using that plan and everybody's at the top of the hour trying, you, your plan may say, Hey, at 20 minutes after the hour, we're going to, we're going to have a five minute window where we're going to try to make contact. Mm-hmm. So you, so I would suggest that people make their own plan. I see. So, okay. so, so nobody else knows your plan. Yeah. And it's a, t- and you're, do, you're doing it in an off time rather mm-hmm. than right after the hour, which most people are going to, you know, publish plans already have that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yes, you're right on track. They they do have those, and okay. so that's something to to consider and yep. move forward to. Well, yeah, because you got to think about there's there's different scenarios, right? The the in your in comms, right? You got cell phones, you got the ISPs, and you got power, right? So if the cell phones are down, but the ISPs are still up and the power is still up, well, then you can communicate with other means, right? You can you can send emails, you can use text, you know, apps like Signal and stuff stuff like that. Um, if the ISPs are down and the, and the cell phone's down, but you still have power, well, at least you can charge your stuff and you can run radios, you know, with the power. But then if the power's down as well, then now you got to think things start getting Yeah, do you keep sketchy. a couple car batteries? Okay, so I, I use the um, EcoFlow brand. Oh, yeah. Okay. A battery generator, solar okay. generator. And so this is another part of um, use your, of your preps would be have some force, uh, source of power and electricity. So... What do you have at your house that you, if the power goes out, you're worried about? Uh, the freezer and the fridge. Freezer and the fridge, right? Yeah. So, so what I do is with the, these these batteries, they are a they're a they're lithium iron phosphate um, batteries, and they have a built-in solar charge controller and uh, inverter. So you can plug in 120 volt onto them. You can plug in USBs into them, um, and they will charge directly from solar panels. So you don't need it. It's charge controllers built right in. Oh, that's great. So, so you have a giant power bank? Yeah, I have and yeah, and I have I have the I have a small one and then I have three bigger ones. And okay. They're like the size of a desktop computer from what I the ones yeah. I've seen. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah there's different there's like different 6, sizes. 000. You know, they got like the Jackery brand and there's different yeah. different yeah. brands. But the beauty of those is is that you've got quiet power. Yeah. Yes. Right? Because yeah. oh, like yeah. if you have a generator running, <laughs> guess who knows you have a generator running? Everybody within your Everybody yeah. knows. Everyone. Okay. But but at night, do you want to have a generator sitting running at your house? If maybe if you're sleeping, yeah, just to run the freezer. No, nice to hear. So, my heated so, blanket needs. So yeah, that. so if you, so if you figure out what your size constraints, I got like you know I got a bunch of freezers and stuff. So when the power was out here recently, I, I set that up, I hooked it up, and I plugged it into the wall. But I plugged all my fridge and freezers into that, and then when I ran my generator, I have a. a tra- uh, switch to where I can run the generator and it powers all my stuff in the house. So I would run that for a while and I would make sure the battery was charged. Then I'd <laughs> shut that down and then, then everything ran off the battery. And so, you know, it would, it would, they would last for hours and hours. And then when you need to charge it again, you just flip the generator on for a little bit and it charges the batteries back up. Yep. So it's kind of nice to have that quiet power Yep. and it's portable. And that, that's actually what uh, Greg and I have talked about doing out at the river property is a, a pad-mounted generator that charges a battery bank on a like a low-limit, you yep. know, start yeah. start circuit. Because uh, you can get the property get out in, in, in Idaho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yakima County. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, but so, because yeah, that's important to have multiple sources. You need to be able to charge your radios, right? And so solar panels are good, good options for, for being able to do that. There's yeah. a, well, I was going to say in Western Washington, <laughs> half the year, yes. Yeah. Sometimes, right? Yeah. 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 But, but between but some's better it's, than It's none. definitely yes. good to have it in the, in the repertoire. Yeah. And so no. you have, you have your solar, you have your, you have a generator and you have extra backup fuel. Um, what's another generator that you, everybody has in their driveway? Uh, spin bike is your oh, is your car, ve- is your vehicle yeah. right? You can charge you can charge your battery banks off of your vehicle with yeah. the twelve volt. So yeah, those charge with with one twenty volt. You can plug them into the wall. You can use solar, or you can plug them into a twelve volt in your vehicle. It's kind of cool. That's interesting. I I need to. What what do you think a, a setup like that ends up running? Like well, the hundred bucks for the yeah, they're not they're not cheap. Yeah, no. you know if you you know if you want a decent one, you're you spend a a thousand bucks, but that's that's not one that's going to power your whole house type yeah. of stuff, you know. It's, but it, like I say, it's all you got to size it for the for what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, the the necessities, obviously. But everything, just like we talk about, it's tiered. You know, it's like okay, if it's a disaster for a week, well, a gas generator gets you by. If it's a disaster for a month, well, maybe gas and solar. Well, if it's a da- disaster for a year everyone's going to be scrambling and chainsaw the neighbor's house down and burn it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But then it's like, yeah. So everything kind of seems like it's like, it's everything's tiered. It's built off one thing, then built off another. And when one fails, you go to the next, when that fails, you go to the next. It's your pace plan. Yeah. 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 We, we really need to get on that. We will establish the group, establish the pace plans, establish the, and I think that's a big, part of this whole thing is like you said going around and introducing yourself to your neighbors getting creating that group yeah um a lot of people don't have that and even the people who have it who are taking it for granted <laughs> and haven't set up the proper you know uh, yeah it's and it's challenging to find like-minded people and and, and to find like-minded people that you can trust yeah. right and so that's why it's important now when things are good is to build that and so that's why when people come to a a training class at training Northwest, they meet good people and, you know, you exchange phone numbers with guys and you stay in contact with people. Um, you know, it's good. It's good to know. So there's also groups that you can join like American contingency. Um, you gotta kind of be careful out there because, you know, you don't want to half of those members are FBI. Yeah, I was going to say, but, but you know, but, but like American contingency is a good group, but there's also things you can do like uh, cert training. So community emergency response team. It's, um, it's a, I'm a, I'm a certified trainer. I can actually certify trainers and, and certify people in cert, but, um, it's actually put on by FEMA is, is built the program, but it's, it's emergency training for disaster response for average citizens. So you, you can go to a class, local fire departments, put them on and you can meet people that way. So, um, yeah, there's lots of good ways, but when you see people that are like-minded, you know, start talking to people about their, their, their preparations and start building a, a group of trusted people that you can count on. It's important. Brings me right back to uh, what I really want to talk about, the border. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts? Huh? The border? The There's south. Oh, the border. Is there a border? Not, not. Well, the, the so yeah, so last I heard, so last I heard is that, so the Texas Guard, they were stopping, they, they cut off the Eagle Pass area, uh-huh. yeah. and there was a, um, the, the Border Patrol was coming in and cutting their razor wire, and the Supreme, and the Texas governor stopped them from doing that, but then the Supreme Court said, "No, they can cut it." Right. 
the but, patrol. But, the but they didn't say that you couldn't put it back up, so then right. they were putting it back up, and then they cut off Eagle Pass, that whole area, and there's a standoff that they basically tell Biden, no, you're not, you're not coming in here again. Yeah, and I think, what, 25 states have signed on to send state troopers and National, National Guard, Guard yep. down to Texas. Now, somebody <coughs> told me that National Guard is militia. It's, it's gray area because a lot of people interpret the Second Amendment to mean the state maintains the militia. A lot of people interpret the Second Amendment to citizens. mean that the citizens are the militia. And there is no clear definition, I don't think. Yeah. I'll stick with the latter. Yes. Well, I think the, the key thing that was interesting was by, was Abbott basically told um, the federal government that you guys aren't protecting us from invasion. And part yes. of the Constitution is is that is that the federal government, their job was to protect our country from being invaded. And if they weren't doing their job, that's why they were, they were justified in doing what they're doing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, if they go to federalize the National Guard. It's been done in the past under extreme circumstances, sure. but if the National Guard abides by federal jurisdiction, plus you have the backing of so many states. So you're starting to become at a standoff point or a Fort Sumter, in my opinion, like the Civil War. And hang on a minute. Why did Abbott wait three years to do this? There's Here's where we can open the conspiracy can of worms. Is why did it take three years to figure, why in an election year is he creating a standoff? Maybe because he has it's more. A little, it's a little convenient. Yeah, but also you're getting more people... Like, in this time where, I don't know, maybe it feels like you have more momentum to do it now. Like, you could get shot down earlier at the beginning of the first year of Biden administration compared to he's screwed up so much, it seems like, and he's probably going to be out of his way. And it seems like, I mean, look at how much Trump's been winning all these, uh, uh, like, the all these caucuses and maybe it's a better time geo i mean politics are so much involved with these decision making yeah. instead of what's right or wrong yeah either way i guess the idea is that since we're talking disaster contingencies a terrorist attack on u.s soil is a lot more likely than it was three years ago oh, because yeah. the reality is nobody knows who's come across the border oh we know who's well, coming across. Yeah, we everyone yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and someone may pointed out like it's one of the memes that's been going around that says uh Men fleeing war bring their wives and children with them. Men going to war leave their wives and children behind. And you see all these videos from the border, and it's a lot of young men yeah. and not a lot of women and children. No. There's a couple different uh, on Instagram. I think it's Anthony Aguero and um, is it Michael Yawn? They were down, they're down there doing a lot of reporting. And I'd watch some of these videos, and they're just lead, he'd be moving down the line and asking them, where are you from, where are you going? And it was like Senegal, Syria, you know, um, all these different countries. And then it's, where are you going? They just all had, they had a Bos Boston, oh, Philadelphia, really? Seattle, Los Angeles. Like, it was almost like they were assigned to go to these places. Huh. Like, yeah. well, how, how are you guys all, you guys are all traveling here together and you're all going to just random big cities across the country. That's oh. why I'm moving to Sheboygan. <laughs> no one cares say. about <laughs> <Sheboygan>. <laughs> I'm glad I'm moving up to the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Can but we yeah. take one more pee break? And then I have a couple questions I want to maybe finish yeah. this off if yeah, we're yeah, starting yeah. to yep. roll back we're, down. We're, yeah, we're winding down. So okay. we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, as Tobin likes to say. Uh, okay, so we kind of hit all the primary things I thought we are going to talk about on this. Uh, comms, medical kits, bugging in, bugging out. 
I mean, it's a whole plethora of things, but it's we're hard not to, even close to. Uh, yeah, it's hard to it's cover th- everything in a short time like this. But um, the two things that I uh, kind of thought of and wanted to hit on um, the first is kind of through reading disaster porn. I love it because, like you say, some of the authors are so creative. Hang on, so are these scenes shot in like? <laughs> no, not you know, like earthquake. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but like you say, the it's authors spikely angles. Are, <laughs> yeah, the authors are so creative, and the things that they think of, or the situations they put these characters in these books or these movies in, uh, I'll primarily say books, aren't things that you would normally t- think of in a disaster. So, are there things that you ever think it might? be nice to have that aren't normally thought of like in a disaster you know what would be great to have 50 pounds of coffee grounds I was just one of those milwaukee coffee. heated jackets where you plug in the 18 volt battery <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, or i i famously hey, i think i found a gift for Toby. yeah <laughs> or i famously said it like Cartons of cigarettes. I don't oh, yeah. smoke, barter. but trading spices. Like, yes. <laughs> are there? Are there anything? Is there anything that is out of the realm of normal disaster prep that you thought or maybe have that think would be valuable in a shit hit the fan scenario? Stuff that you're willing to talk stuff about. Stuff yeah. <laughs> normal realm. Yeah. Just, just a well, well, thing. you talk about um, bartering. Bartering is an important aspect, right? So what are the things that people are addicted to? Mm-hmm. You talked about a little bit. Cigarettes, right? Alcohol. Yeah. Um, caffeine. So caffeine, right? Yep. Chewing yeah. tobacco. So, well, chewing tobacco kind of goes bad after a while, doesn't it? But yeah. So, but, but even, yeah, but not when you got a guy who makes it. Yeah, even prescription drugs that aren't yours that you don't need, somebody needs them. Yeah, you you could yeah. become like the local warlord. Granted, you, yeah. One of the problems too is you only have so much room to store stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, you got to yeah. start thinking about what's Ooh, how so can we're I taking get over a methadone clinic? <laughs> yeah. How can I get value? How can I get a lot of value in a small in a small package? So you know things that are never going to lose value is going to be ammunition is going to be valuable, right? To use and or trade or sell. Okay, yeah. um, so that that's important. Um, some people talk you know talk about gold and silver whether you get junk silver and you know and the problem with that is you, you can't really use it right it's all not, his mind uh, says is yeah. merry christmas just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not really you can't really use it some people think oh Can you're you going to be or does it keep you warm and dry exactly yeah. right? or, or is it a chemical addiction those so, are yeah. like the three things so if you spend more money on on buy more food right buy more stuff that you can you know, actually use and you can trade or barter or barter it so those are things that i would you know medical gear is important i think um but but yeah, I can't really think of anything specific that I have that's not that's kind of out of the ordinary. Usually, it's kind of pretty stereotypical, you know. What do you think about necessities? What if it, uh, I got one, Mike? Is tools like handyman type? Uh, oh yeah, yeah ooh, yeah, that's a good one. No, yeah, have a chainsaw or, or even like a sewing machine, and so you know what I mean. Yep. Just I, to, I don't love saying this, but there are some antique shops oh. around here. That have oh like the amazing pedal. yes there's tools yeah. like that a singer like, sewing machine well yeah. a singer pedal, sewing yeah. machine or just just tools for for like axes or um, oh yeah the, the yeah. shavers or for wood shaving a planer, the planer or, yeah. or like all, all the things that like at at some point when things settle out if we make it through this crazy 
tumultuous time and things don't go right back to normal that we will have to use. So I started looking at what did we use? Because I, I read this book called Survival Theory, um, Jonathan Hollerman. That's the book that I was talking about earlier. Oh, I cool. couldn't remember. Um, it's a really good book. He was the Sears team train or Sear school trainer, all this different stuff. And he was like, he wrote the book in 2014. And he was like, in the next few years, I think there's going to be a pandemic, uh, economic collapse, and uh, some sort of EMP situation, Um, massive grid down scenario because of everything. So are you familiar with that book? No, I have not read that one, but I'd like to see it. It's very good. Um, But uh, in that, he started talking about power outage he thinks that's the number one thing that's going to end up happening or like you know that possibility to really disrupt what we have going um so because of that my thought process went to straight like um early 1900s technology yeah and what yeah. did people 1800s, use yeah what, 1800s yeah. how, did, how, did, how did people live just gonna say like so, the ability to like melt metal what like uh, like a little forge all or of something. that well yeah. just just a pair of clippers like, for cutting your face or hair because yeah. I think about that all the yeah. time. I mean, this big old beard, right? You uh, <laughs> gotta shave it. Not me. But but there's a, there's the handheld yeah. yeah clippers, right? For giving yourself a haircut, c- cutting your beard away, cutting yeah. pe- you know, and it's it's not crazy technology. It's super simple. Yeah. You can get it for fifty dollars. Yeah. Oftentimes, you can find it at the antique stores. Yeah. Or remember how your a grandpa had coffee cans full of nuts and bolts and nails and just random hardware, just kind of leftover hardware, stuff like that. As long as, as long as we weren't in a situation where if we were in a situation, start hoarding, that's basically what I'm Start hoarding. (laughs) If we were in a situation where we didn't have to move and survive or had a place to go or the situational dependent, right? Like if we're at war, obviously none of this matters. Um, But if it's, uh, you know, uh, we don't have the luxury of modern technology with power and all that. There's yeah. a lot of things like that that you can go and go to a thrift store or a antique shop that you can get for dollars. So it's worth having certain yeah. things sure. that aren't, you know. That's a good one. Like older, that. older technology. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm that's going. and that's where the whole. You know, I'm beating a dead horse, but the, the, the pace plan, that's where it comes in when you look at all these different things that you do in a normal needs that you have, you know, what are, what are your options if you don't have your primary need, you know? Yeah. So if you're going to be, you know, so like you talked about tools, you know, every man should have a, you know, a, a good chainsaw and know how to, know how to run it. Right. A generator. Um, I actually yeah. bought a, bought like a hand crank right fuel yeah. pump that I, that I could use. So if I needed to stick it into a tank somewhere and, and transfer fuel out of a big tank into my cans or something yeah. like that. That's a and good one. The other one I, I always think about this is kids clothing and shoes because my kids grow so fucking fast. Yeah, boots. They will. Yeah, they will. And yeah, exactly. Boots for us too. It, you know, how long does a pair of boots last you a year or two? And then with kids, it's even less because they grow out of it and they wear on it hard. And so like to keep, a family clothed is you might have to head to Goodwill and buy some outsized stuff just to kind of have it around. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that, and that too comes in for, you know, talking about having a three day bag for everybody in your family, right? 
that bag that's going to be sitting there and ready to go. Well, that, you're not going to put your nice clothes in there. You're going to get something inexpensive. And yeah. so, but yeah. you still need it to be durable and last, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't want to yeah. get stuff that's yeah, but it doesn't have to be the fanciest style exactly. or, or yeah, fashion. As long as it yeah. fits. Fashion. Well, and that's where going to the Goodwill, you're going to find good quality stuff at a cheap price and it might be a decade old. You'd or whatever, be amazed how many of like, again, Jen's friends, like they'll buy their kids new clothes and then six months later, they send them all to Goodwill and just buy them new, more clothes. And it's like, what? These are all, why are we? Yeah. But they work four all, times. Yeah. yeah. All, all this stuff is sitting at Goodwill for pennies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then my second question, having <laughs> you here, uh, we kind of talk about it is a little bit of the warrior spirit. And I think mental fortitude gets lost in this conversation or in this idea and you're a man of faith um and i feel that you can have faith or develop faith through or grit i kind of feel the two they're similar very similar and so how do you like for a real situation say it is the apocalypse what type of or what types of things what do you think adds to creating a stronger will a stronger sense of being like we were saying earlier if medicine does stop people are going to die loved ones are going to die you're going to have hard situations you're going to be going through the thick and the thin of life fucking question of the night i like it what what do you think really helps create resilience mentally emotionally to put yourself to endure these types of situations? That's a great question. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. that, yeah. No, um, that's why we for, keep them around. For me, one of the one of the things I talk about on, on my podcast and, and when I talk to people is that the ultimate preparation is, is that what are you going to do? What's going to happen to you when you die? And so for me personally, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian, and I believe that when I die, I'm going to be in heaven with, with God because he's I have forgiveness of sins. So for me personally... I have this strong confidence that, you know, life is great, but if even when I die, things are still going to be great for me. And so I don't, I'm not afraid of death in a way that, oh no, I have to do, you know, if, if I die, it's, you know, I'm, it's all lost. Like it's, this life is not the only thing for me. Um, and it's also cool too, is that, you know, I believe in the Bible. And so if you read the Bible and you're familiar with the book of Revelation, it talks about all the stuff that's going to happen, right? And so we, we think about these things that are, you know, we'd say, oh, this could happen or that could happen. Well, it actually predicts that over half of the world's population by the end of it will be dead, will die. And it's been pretty accurate so far. Uh, I think that there's never been a, a prophecy in there that they say is, is not true. So for me personally, in my personal beliefs, I have great confidence that I, I kind of know what's going to happen and I know where I'm going. So then I, I don't fear, you know, I don't fear death, but so I can live my life with, with joy in what I'm doing. So I do think it's important to, you know, um, have a faith. And so people have different faiths and different things that they believe in. Um, you need to know who you are and what you believe personally in your life so that you can have convictions. That's one thing I really admire you guys and Tobin and, and with uh, your company and even Greg, you know, is that, people that are willing to stand up for what they believe in. Um, and no, even if there's pain in that, you know, I lost my job. I was fired from the fire department for not uh, taking the, the forced uh, test 
you know, medical procedure. And I was like, you know, it, it was a tough thing, but I, I knew that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make this stand. I could have probably faked it. You know, I, I'm yeah. sure there's probably people that yeah, yeah. faked cars. Every and, NFL oh, player. You know what I mean? But it, but it wasn't but about, it wasn't board. about just Travis Kelsey getting yeah. that yeah. job. Right. It was about making a something that's right or wrong, yeah. you know? And so that's, so I think unless you have a personal conviction and a personal creed and you know, that you believe in, that's, that's something higher than yourselves, right? Something that's bigger than you. Um, it probably would be hard. And, and you think too, right. Um, when stuff gets, when stuff gets bad, people think about what people would do. I mean, even when things are good, people will do bad things, but yeah. can you imagine somebody not being able to feed their kids Yeah, and well, you, I, you would do anything? Yes. I always say, look kids. at black Friday. People get trampled for a cheap TV to get. Yeah. So exactly. imagine if the grocery stores were getting, getting thin. Yeah. If, if, if people will, <clears throat> And granted, it's not on purpose, but they still will trample each other. Yeah, people in America would fight over vegetables. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting too, as, as I, I believe that is, the charity is a good thing in the right way. Like I'm not going to give a guy on, a, on the street corner a, you know, five bucks so that he can go buy more fentanyl. Yeah. But, um, but even, even when things get bad, like I have a plan to be able to give um, charity out to people when things go bad. Like I have certain, I have buckets that are, this is like, um, a variety of stuff that I can give somebody that's in need. Like if I saw somebody that came by and they had a family and, you know, and they were, they were good people and I wanted to help them, you know, Hey, take this, but go, you can't stay here, but here's something to help you get to your next destination. I I think there's a little rice, a little beans, some, some pancake mix in there. Like having charity, I think is important too. And a a lot of the, I, I hate to, stop what you're saying because I 100% agree with everything. I'm very, very, very feel in line with you. Um, When it comes down to that, a lot of those books that you talk about where the guy has, uh, he has supplies, a family comes by, and he goes, okay, well, I could give this to you, but then somebody also come knocking because they see me giving this or they – or this family is going to stick around and they're going to come back sure. when it's used. What do you thought of, think about that? You know, it, deal with it when it happens. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you're going to have, everybody's going to have to live with themselves and have their own conscious. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, is surviving, what's more important to you, your, your personal creed and, and doing what's right in your heart or, or just surviving. Right. And, and I say for me, um, you know, I believe that when I die is, is, you know, eternal life. And so, you know, I, I would not love my life so much that I'm going to shrink back from, from death, you know? And so that's where you, everybody has to have that own, their own judgment on that. Right. Like, do I hoard my, hoard my supplies and you get near, like, I remember my son actually one time, it was, it made me really sad, but we were, we were talking and he was like, he, we got kind of, kind of a fight, you know, and he was, he was having a hard time, but we were, we were kind of button heads. And he said something to the fact that, yeah, you're just going to, you know, somebody's going to come to the front door hungry and you're going to blast them off the porch with your, with your guns. And I'm God like, damn right. And I'm like, oh. what are you talking about, son? I can't believe that you would think that. But in, in his mind, like, you know, preparedness was, was that you're hoarding this and you're going to, you know, yeah. kill anybody that tries to come at you. So, you know, I don't know. That's a, it's a great question. It would depend on the situation, right? If I'm, if, if I've got my neighborhood and the people in my neighborhood are, are, are hungry and don't have anything, am I going to want to try to help them? Mm-hmm. Sure. I am. Right. Um, I can't feed everybody. Yeah. So it's just like people asking you for your money, people. right? You know, everybody's, hey, got five bucks. Got five. If I gave everybody that asked me for money, money, I wouldn't have any, mm-hmm. right? And so then I couldn't help anybody, but I help people the best I can out of a position of strength. Yes. And yeah. I think working with your with your group and your family, we, like, so that's how Project 223 started. 
was at our church. I told my pastor, hey, hey, what would happen if there wasn't any food on the shelves and everybody showed up at the church and we're hungry, we don't have anything. He's like, I don't know. I said, let's start a class and let's teach people to be prepared in their own homes. Give a man a fish exactly. or teach a man to fish. Teach a man to fish, right? And so if they're, they're, if they're strong in their own homes, now we can come together as a group and help our community, right? And so that's... That's why I think it's important is, you yeah. know, I, that's why I like, like teaching preparedness stuff and, you know, working with our guys. We do training. I spend hours and hours and hours prepping training for our guys. And it's because, hey, I want them to be strong and prepared because then together we're gonna, all going to be strong and prepared. So. Yeah. And I, Mike, to hit on, you know, kind of go back to what you were asking Brent about, I do think that uh, being spiritually centered is what I call it, it, regardless of whether you're Christian, Muslim, is uh, Jewish, I'm like, you know, Greg and I are in the woo, is what I would describe it as, and to find that place because, just like Brent said, the, the worst case scenario is already inevitable. Yeah, find so, your peace. So what the fuck are we, what, as this authoritarian presence grows, what am I afraid of? Yeah. Because my death is inevitable. So what am, what am I trying to avoid here? I'm, I'm trying to live on my terms. And if I, I can't live on my terms... It's already a foregone conclusion that I have to die. So what am I worried about? But I, I, I believe what, you know, the power that comes from a religion or, or whatever belief you have, it allows you to live in that and giving and, and having the, the power to say, I don't need to hoard. I can help still. And I'm willing to help still because I know yeah. where that puts me. Well, so maybe the best closing statement here is to say that, Project223.com, Brent's, Brent's organization, he is teaching people to fish before it's too late. Yeah. You, you have, right now, everybody hearing this has time to learn to fish so yeah. that you don't have to go begging for a fish when the time comes. Yep. Yeah, I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. And remember, if you fail to plan, <laughs> you plan to fail. <laughs> <laughs> there, it ah, there it is. Good night, everybody.